girl. What's going on, honey? Not too much. Not too much at all. What's going on with you? Honey, it is a day. Um, just trying to get prepared for this interview. Um, that's been pretty much it for the most part. It hadn't been too much going on. Um, okay. it's, been a, it's been a day so far, honey. Okay. Well, yeah, I've been just swamped. I had a bunch of system issues last week. So I've been like playing catch up. Um, this week and just oh my gosh like swamped but other than that um, everything else is good okay huh. um. well uh, um, hello 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 to everybody who's in the chat I know you guys probably see the thumbnail so we are doing an interview today waiting for one guest who um, has confirmed and should be joining us shortly and Hopefully, the other gentleman also is able to join us sometime during the stream. Okay. Yeah, I'm back. Um, yeah, so um, we wanted to take an opportunity to interview um, people who are exactly on the front lines of these things. So we wanted to get it from um, a Black policeman's perspective and to kind of see what's going on with um with them and see it from you know see how it's going on their their end of things so um we're waiting on them um right i think that like you know we've we kind of talk about and i i've heard throughout this space a lot of people and i apologize i know y'all hear my washer in the background i'm about to leave about here but um talking about how they've been impacted but there's another side of it, which a lot of people don't consider, and that is that of the police officers. So we thought it would be dope to, you know, have them on and kind of talk about um, the climate of, you know, um, our society currently and just kind of get into um, what they're dealing with and what they see from, from their perspectives and points of view. Um, I think that a lot of people have um, misnomers about police officers and and, and I understand where that comes from. I think a lot of people automatically, um, you know, uh, police officers are not, um, are not looked upon favorably right now. So I just, we thought it would be kind of dope to actually, you know, bring a couple of uh, police officers on and see if we can chop it up with them and, you know, um, see if we can maybe answer some unanswered questions that you all may have. Yeah. Um, we thought it would be a good opportunity, so hopefully they will show. Um, I got some really interesting questions, and um, I ended up working with um, one of my brothers and, you know, trying to see what it's like for Black men on that side of things and um, how they feel and their thoughts and perspectives on it. And, right. Um. Brother. go ahead I'm sorry yeah talking to my brother um and listening to him and his experiences with policemen and this situation in the current climate honey it was a painful conversation it was really a painful conversation so I can imagine I have two people that are very close to me that work in law enforcement so you know I you know I, I can imagine how difficult it is um 
And to be completely honest, I don't mince my words when it comes to my feelings about, you know, what, what we're experiencing in this climate. Um, even if that, um, even if my words include unfavorable opinions about most police officers. Right, right, right. So would you say that, well, how do you feel about police officers, uh, yourself? Well, um, personally, I think that I don't believe that all police officers are bad. I think police officers are people. So I think that you're going to have some bad people and you're going to have some good officers that get into it for the right reasons. Um, my issue, though, is this, you know, blue wall of silence or this this code this, um, that they have where, you know, they are supposed to uphold each other's mess and they're you know um supposed to there's kind of like a um you know i think an unwritten rule where you know they're supposed to protect each other even when they're wrong and that is my main problem with police officers um that you know they they don't stand up and say hey you know what you're doing is wrong you're brutalizing this person you're you know that's excessive like we don't see enough of that and I think that is probably my main issue as it relates to police officers. Um, I actually will say that um, I, I kind of have a lot of those same feelings. I, I, I kind of have a lot of those same feelings. And I'm, I'm curious, I'm really curious about their perspective of things because you know, and then being like a military chick or whatever. So I was in the Navy and with the Navy, I would say that we took up a lot for each other, you know. Um, so you know how it is to have that like whole solidarity thing and, you know, standing together and like those are your brothers or sisters, you know, in, in, in arms. Right, right, right. So um, in the military, you'll, um, we would go in and out of different ports and stuff. And so if there was another ship to come to the port or whatever, the guys were very protective, especially of the women um, that were um, stationed with us. So the guys were very protective of us. So if we went to another port, um, the guys weren't really having it. Like you could really couldn't fraternize with another ship or if, if we got into it with another ship, the whole ship was Wait, fighting. not even another ship? Like another naval ship? Y'all no. wasn't rocking with them? No, ma'am. Um, wow, that's real clickish. Yeah, it was almost like it was almost like a gang, almost, you know. Um, but mm -hmm. with the military and especially within the navy, you work in close quarters. You were very worked in very close contact with each other, and so when you work in very close contact, and these are the same people that we're on a cruise with, and so when you go out to deploy, and you're deployed for six moment six months at a time, um, you really. Right establish certain bonds with each other mm -hmm. I felt like the military did help break a lot of race barriers but I would think that it would be more so um, on um, other races to a degree in my opinion mm. now the interesting thing about that that I have to say is I do think that there is a large degree of trust and respect that you have to have for your fellow 
officers and they have to be able to feel like they trust you because these are the people that, you know, you're going to depend on in the heat of a moment when, you know, someone could be, be attempting to take your life. Like they're supposed to, you know, protect you with their lives. So I understand that um, there is like this, you know, um, tight bond or tight knit bond that is formed, you know, as a result of that alone. Right, right, right. So it gets to be real interesting because I'm wondering, is it, the, do, do they play out the same way that the military plays out? Um, like the military, you really become a close knit family. Um, so mm -hmm. um, nobody lets anybody bother you. If they can protect mm -hmm. you, they're generally very protected. And so then when you enter into a situation like being a police officer, I wonder do they go through a lot of the same things that we go through? You, well, as far as the military does. And I, I actually believe that it would be a similar experience because Yeah. You go I think so. Um I think so. There seems to be definitely uh, you know, a similar experience. Well, um there seems to be like a, a strong bond that is formed um, and like an, a strong allegiance. And that's the one thing that I have to be honest, I guess I don't necessarily understand or I can't fathom how that works. Like me putting, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I am a race first minded person. So I can't imagine putting my allegiance to my career over my allegiance to my people. And that, that is just, one thing I, I couldn't personally imagine doing. So we got Charles here. Hey, Charles. Hello, hello. Woo, what's Officer up? Officer Woo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? I'm just still healing, but I'm cool. What are you doing? <sighs> huh? I said, what are you doing? Are you okay? Uh, sprained ankle and two fractures, but I'm okay. Oh my! Ouch. Well, that that definitely sounds painful, but at least you're healing. That's a positive thing. At least trying to, anyway. So, what's up? What's up? What's up? I hope people still love the police. You know, I always, <laughs> I always told, I always told people this. Um, the police is gonna be kind of funny. Like my father would say, "I ain't shit till you need me." And nobody respects the warrior till the invaders are at the gate. And police and military are fruit. Apples and oranges, different fruit, but they're fruit. So I've said this for three years since I've been on YouTube. If black people are trying to convey and I'm not saying all white people are racist, not all white people are racist. If you're trying to convey everybody to feel your plight, you must understand one thing. Number one, you're in a culture shock when you have a white person who's never dealt with black people. Number two, you need the police. If you want to have a civilized society, unfortunately you do. Mm. I don't um, care, huh? No, I, I that that's interesting, and I I um I agree with that. I I do agree that you know with both points that we need the police, and that it, it's 
um, not hard to believe that people who have never dealt with or have um, any kind of experience with interpersonal relationships dealing with um, black people or you know minority people, um, they, there is going to be a culture shock. And I also think that they will more than likely believe what they've seen in the media that black people or minorities are you know these monsters that they they have you know they um, have bad intentions and things of that nature. Right. Military life and police life are similar. You're going to have bonds like that. You're going to have bonds with people. And it's funny because when I talk to men and women, it's proof that we see the world differently. The world reacts to us differently. How can you be for your, how can you be race first or police first, military first? Yes. Um, when you're in danger with some, when you're in a dangerous situation, you bond with that person. I know I can rely and trust on that person with their life. I've heard that said about the military, and, and, like even and, races that are in the military, like they're going to have your back in a time of war. Yeah, because guess what? You know that I am reliable. You, you like in the black community, one of the one of the words we don't really have is reliability. <laughs> you know. I've been men and I've been black for almost four decades. So hey, we don't we don't do reliable too much. Hell, even in our fa- even in our families, we look at each other with a side eye sometimes. But we do have reliable. But when you come up during a dangerous time, it's no different than being in a gang. You, you've been in a gang fight, and that guy you back to back in a in a fight with this guy, you're gonna trust him with your life because you kind of have to. Interesting analogy. And many, many times you're going to be in a battle with somebody. Same thing with police work. Me and this guy probably don't see eye to eye on a lot of shit, but I know he's reliable. I know he's going to have my back. Now, in a situation in Minneapolis, should the other officers got the guy off? Yes. How does that work, though? As an officer, if you are on scene and they're, you know, um, they're, like, let's say it's someone else's scene and they're doing something that is in direct violation, um, like, can you, you know, publicly say, hey, this ain't cool or, you know what I mean, stop them? Yes. Interesting. You try to be professional about it in front of people, but I get to, I try my best to cuss you out one way away from people, depending on the situation. Now, if you're kneeling in that situation, I'd have grabbed them and like, yo, go over there. Why? I've been in situations like that. All right, cool off. I got them. It's not worth right. your job. Go. Wow. And that's interesting because that could mean the difference between, you know, someone losing their life, just saying, stepping in. Because I hear people say that they don't think black people should go into law enforcement. And I disagree wholeheartedly. And I whoever says that, that, I'll say this, they're a dumb motherfucker. Because <laughs> they're, those are the idiots who the reason why you don't have any power in this country. You do yeah. not affect the infrastructure. You do not affect the government because you listen to the racist sentiments said the police and the military is not for a black man. Yes, they are. The first motherfucker who died, who killed and died for this country was a black man. Yeah. It's more your country than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that we need someone who, you know, also understands the culture. Like sometimes um, 
I've, I, and I have seen, you know, few instances where, you know, um, there has been a black officer that has been able to de-escalate something. Sometimes they're able to, you know, grab a, grab someone and say, hey, come walk with me and able to de-escalate. But I've never seen a white officer been able to be able to do that with a black person. So, I mean, I think that it's crucial for us to have black people in law enforcement. Well, it's important. I mean, I've seen white people do the same. It depends on your rapport and your approach. Now, let's be mm-hmm. honest. There are sometimes I got to come into a scene with, with my nightstick swinging like an angry god. Situations always dictate. Let's just get that out the way. We're the police. We're not. We're not caretakers. We're peace officers. Sometimes we go into a scene, and there might be the only way to preserve life is to take one. It may not sound nice, but we're not in the business of nice. We're in the business of enforcing the law, of enforcing the law and public safety. So when you have someone who's committing a heinous crime and we need to use force, guess what? Force is going to be used, whatever minimum. Sometimes you could use just your your mere presence Mm -hmm. all the way up to deadly force. Yes, you can skip the deadly force in some situations. It's kind of weird because I've actually spoken to schools and different people about it. And I've told them, I said, look, why do why do you need 10 cops for one person? I said, you want me to show you? I'll show you. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You were all police. I'm the suspect. Try to cuff me. I want you to guess what happened. <laughs> but you're a big guy. I've seen 10 officers for uh, a kid. I've seen multiple. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think try to, every situation. You ever Go fight ahead. a kid? You ever fight some of these kids? As a kid, uh, not as an adult. Let me put it to you this way. Not all officers are the same. See, for some reason, they believe, people have this belief that all these officers are trained by, you know, the by the ninjas from Naruto and have the power of Grayskull and all this other fantasy bullshit. Not all officers are built the same. Not all officers have the same level of right. fighting ability mm-hmm. or the level of combat experience. Guess what? Do you really think a guy who's coming out of no experience is going to be able to handle some things. No, there are some people who've been police officers, never been in a physical fight, which I think you're crazy, especially if you want to be a police officer in Baltimore and cities like it. But so you're going to have a, not just a culture shock. You're going to have a shock to the system. If you get hit the first time, your first fight should not come in the middle of a confrontation at work. I agree. How long have you been in the force? No department. Nobody says force anymore. <laughs> how long? I, how long I've been with the department? Thirteen years. Okay. Right. I had ten years in the army. Eighteen months in Iraq. Sunny place. It's like sunny California. Mm-hmm. It doesn't rain in monsoons. <laughs> I have a question. Well, go ahead, Danny, and then I'll come up because I've been hogging the mic. Well. Do y'all have general procedures when you are handling crowds and riots and stuff like that? Do y'all have a um, procedure for that? Or yes, we have that? we have policies and procedures and training for it. Every department has a policy or we it used to be called general orders, but they changed it to policies. Go figure means the same damn thing. So, of course, you're going to have different procedures on how to handle crowds and what to do if the crowd becomes if the crowd's peaceful or becomes violent or disorderly. 
So as a black man, when you are seeing stuff like that, the current um, situation that's going on with George Floyd, do you lean more toward um, being compassionate for your people? Or excuse me, do you lean toward being compassionate for black people within the situation? Or is it a defense? Do you um, have a defense because people are going to come at you because you are a black police officer um, within this situation and people feel that um, the police period are guilty of a lot of the, um, well, they're guilty of police brutality and killing unarmed men. Like, how do you feel about that? Uh, okay. I mean, let me explain this. I do not, I am not the representative of all black police. Uh oh, I think you you muted up, Charles. Damn, they trying to shut me up. It's like, but <laughs> um, I don't represent all black police, but I'm pretty similar in thought. See, I'm for my people, but I'm also for justice. Um, number one, right is right and wrong is wrong. What that guy did. And notice I never called him a police officer. He's a fucking criminal because he did a criminal act. You took in the life unjustifiably. There was no reason for you to do excessive force. You're a fucking criminal and you're a piece of scum and may you burn in all the seven pits of hell. Before that, they should actually tear the patches off of you, tear your badge, take your gun, take your gun belt, tar and feather you, kick you in your ass, and send you the hell out of town on your way to prison. Oh, I am very passionate for my people. But at the same time, I do empathize with the police because I've been in those situations from the Freddie Gray riots. Because funniest thing about being black and being a police officer, it's very similar. Everybody oh. looks at you the same. The world looks at you as one big nigga, and the world looks at you as all the cops are dirty. Mm. Wow. So we do, you know, the people, the majority of cops trying to do their job and get home to their families the best way they can. You do have about two to three percent of assholes out there who are criminals with badges and not police officers. You think so, that it's only two to three percent of, of police officers that are criminals and not um, and 98 or 97 percent are or excuse me, let me re rephrase my question. What percentage do you think of police officers are good police officers versus bad police officers? Two to three percent. Really? Are bad? Are bad. Really? That's really yes. low. Oh, interesting. If you got to think about it, would you would you even have a great running city if everybody was corrupt? Majority of people was corrupt. Now, let's look at corruption versus... Yeah, there's degrees you, of corruption now. Let's look at corruption versus you having a bad day with a cop. A lot of us never... Rem this is how the human be how human beings work. We very seldomly remember when people help us. But we remember all of the times we felt they did us dirty. Mm -hmm. And remember, I used the word felt. Right. If I give you a ticket, that does not mean um, messing with you. Right. You're doing your job. If you know, if I, uh, you know, disobeyed the law in some way, and you give me a ticket, you're doing your job. However, as a black woman, I have to say that the overwhelming majority of my 
um, encounters with police have not been positive. They haven't been warm and fuzzy. They haven't been police officers extending a hand to help me. I would say, you know, well over 75% of my interactions with police have been, um, you know, negative interactions where, you know, I felt in some way that, you know, um, my race, you know, came into play and, or, uh, you know, I was being profiled, you know, uh, maybe the vehicle that I was driving and my race. Like I, I don't, I have not had a lot of positive interactions with police and I would venture to say that most black people haven't. You got to remember what you said, key words felt. Right. It is because it is, or it isn't. Number one, I could be a black guy driving black guy driving down the street whatever, get pulled over. I can be, I'll give you a good example. My ex-girlfriend had did tags and she was mad with the police officer. And I'm like, I kept him from locking her ass up, which he had all right to do. And I'm like, why did your stupid ass drive on your truck with bad tags? You're the one who caused this shit. You're the one who, you don't want anybody else to come up here and, uh, and tell you you're doing wrong. A lot of it has to do what I've observed People just don't want somebody telling them what to do, especially when they're wrong. It's like when you're a kid, people have an issue with authority. And the main authority is this. You have a bunch of people who are cops who are probably doing their job. Hopefully they're doing their job to the best degree that they can do. And yes, I will say you have some assholes, but people realize you treat the police like robots. People, people get stunned. Uh, what you doing in here buying tennis shoes? Um, because I like them. Um, what are you doing here eating? Because uh, I kind of need food to live. <laughs> so people treat you like these, like across from like a robot to a superhero, like, okay, like um, I'm a regular person too. I might get upset. I might have my emotions like, look, even, even when you're trying to be professional and you're dealing with somebody who's irate, and it's funny because this is probably one of the issues we have with America. One half of 1% of the population actually protects the damn country. So a lot of it comes from ignorance. People just don't know. It's like the military. Oh, you guys, you guys do all this and I'm not going to go to the front lines. Only 20% of the military are frontline fighters in some way. So... When, you, when you're dealing with the police, sometimes it's not about you. It's just the situation. Some, especially if somebody calls me and say, hey, I want to lock this person up from doing this. Or I want to kick them out the house. And I'm like, how long does this person live here? Such and such days. I can't kick them out. Y'all police don't do your job. Yeah, yeah. but policing has become a business. It's not like police officers across the country are like really trying to um, protect. They're looking for reasons to give you as many tickets as they can because that increases their their viability for promotion in, in some instances. Um, I'm going to hold up. I'm going to stop you right there. Bullshit. I don't give I don't write tickets. I seldomly write tickets. You, t- you get promotion for taking a goddamn written test and an oral test. You know why mm-hmm. gets promoted from off a goddamn ticket? There are some police departments where if you have more tickets, you're more viable for a promotion. You're not allowed to have quotas <laughs> because yeah, you'll get a, sued. It's kind of like you know an, an, an unwritten quota. You, you, you can't have quotas, even if you adhere to it. 
even even if you try to adhere to it, you'll get the department sued, or you can sue the department. Mm-hmm. So nobody gets promotions off of tickets. They can't make you write a ticket. I mean, if you choose to do traffic, you choose to do traffic. If I'm mm-hmm. writing you a bunch of tickets, you deserve it. I'm like, look. See, you're speaking if, from your personal experience, and, that and most true. And most and cops are like case. this. And most cops are like this. Some cops like traffic more than others. Some guys like drugs more than others. It depends on the person's preference. Now, um, I would. It would behoove you not to be an asshole. You probably get a lot less tickets, or you might walk away with a warning. But when you want to be like, oh, you just doing this to fuck with me, and I'm like, really? I had one female who said who I pulled over because she literally waited on a green light and I'm right behind her for her friend to get in the car. And I'm like, you can't pull over and do that. And this is the same female. I had to save her ass in the middle of a domestic fight from her boyfriend, you know, treating her like a sparring partner side of a spouse. And she's like, well, y'all need to do your fucking jobs to get the real criminals. I said, I did. Remember when I pulled him off your ass? Oh, we forgot that. So people, people just have this weird, this weird, just as soon as you come up there, oh, or my favorite, when the parents are like, if you don't do good in school, the police going to lock you up. Like, what the fuck is that about? That is some of the most ignorant statements you can make in your life. Like, really? Like, nah, huh? go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you. What is the reaction? What do you feel like the reaction is toward policemen, um, police officers in this current climate? Do you feel like you're getting support from the public? Do you feel like the public is? How do you feel? What do you think about that? Okay, I'll answer this question. Isaiah Smith, disagree with Charles. How do you pay for all the officers from customers' tickets? Um, no, you don't. You get paid from your taxes. If we we don't write enough tickets to give to pay anybody, okay? Yeah, but that's how they can do extra things for the department by by the revenue that gets tickets. The, the revenue that goes to tickets actually goes to the court fees. Majority of those are court fees. We don't get a lot of revenue from that. We get a lot of revenue from actually federal government assistance, state, and also local municipalities and businesses. So a lot of lot of money doesn't. So, with how things are now, okay, you have this situation that happened with George Floyd. Um, we've had other instances that that have been pretty big in the media, um, as far as pr- police brutality, shooting our armed men. Um, do are you? Are you able to be vocal about that within your department? Like if you feel some type of way about it or is it one of those things where you can't really say anything because you have to worry about job security uh, and um, being politically correct to a degree? How do you handle that? And being ostracized by other officers too. Can you hear him? He's not muted. Can you hear me? Now we can. I said nobody's there to be ostracized and nobody's there to be like, you're there to do a job and do it to the best of your abilities. We are vocal about it. 
You know, there have been several policy changes of what to do and not to do and an emphasis on what not to do, especially with the change with body cameras and people can complain about anything. And what makes it what makes it interesting is that we would see certain situations like what it was an Amber Geiger. And we were all like, oh, she going to jail. <laughs> There's nothing you could say, go to jail. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some instances where like, oh, that's iffy because everybody's been an investigator and they had to investigate some type of crime and you put the pieces together. You take your emotions out of it and you see what constitutes a crime. Now, what I'm going to say is, uh, let me ask you this, this question. Both you ladies, I'm going to put you as police officers, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm the suspect, you're the police officers. Mm-hmm. We're in a knockdown, drag out fight. Can either you ladies together overpower me? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even try it. So let me ask this one question. If I'm coming to hurt or to hurt you barehanded, can you shoot me? No. Um, no. Yes, you can. Oh, Wait, really? how? Because you're bigger and you have no visible weapon and I can't handle you and you're headed towards me, I can shoot you. I, I, I would be within my rights to shoot you. Um, if, I'm I'm coming at, if I'm coming at you to harm you, to do great bodily harm or kill you, do I have the capabilities coming towards you in this moment? Am I showing acts of aggression? I'm not having my hands up. I'm not walking away. I'm coming to you in an aggressive manner. Barehanded. Can I kill you with my bare hands? I believe you could. <laughs> You're a big guy. But so, shouldn't it escalate to that? Like, I'm supposed to try to tase you first? Or other, or, and, what pepper if you spray don't? you or mace you or something. If I'm punching you, are you really going to go for that? <laughs> no, I mean, before it gets to that point, when I notice that, you know, you're showing signs of aggression. A lot of times, a lot of times you can't. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. What if the taser doesn't work? Taser's not perfect. Pepper spray not perfect. Hell, your gun's not perfect. Uh, See, people go off of perfect scenarios. And then one thing in law enforcement, there is no perfect scenario. The only perfect scenario is that we both go home. Even if I have to arrest you, we both walk away. Even then, I might have to subdue you. So you got to understand, there are times when, can you shoot unarmed people? Yes, legally. It may not sound politically correct. It it may not be politically correct, but there are times you can shoot it on. If this person wow. is the if this person is the current UFC champion, can you match his fighting ability? Hell no. No. Hell no. So oh. is it multiple people who are unarmed? Yeah. We had an incident on my in my in my old sector like that before, where four four or five guys jumped on one officer. And he had to discharge his weapon, unfortunately. But, you know, he saved his life. So, whatever. Okay, so, you know, in the military, you have the rules of engagement, right? You're familiar with that, right? Uh-huh. Okay. In the military, with the rules of engagement, um, anybody's not really familiar, generally, um, somebody has to uh, be on the attack first before you're actually able to defend yourself. Is that does that sound about right, Officer Charles? Yes and no. 
So even in the military, we have your standard operating procedure, your SOP. They can you have been given we have been given times when I was in Iraq where which is a war zone, not civilian United States, where you can actually be on the attack because people have put death threats. If we see an America's American military personnel, we will kill them on site. So you can be on the attack first. There are times we, we do have preemptive strikes. Now, the military, this is where I, where I mentioned earlier, where there's apples and oranges. They're similar, but they're different. In the military, you're not dealing with policing, so to speak, where you have to deal with civilian complaints and deal with civilian issues. Like, you're not taking an accident report. You're not taking a burglary report. You may stop a, a riot or you might stop a insurgency and such and so forth, but you're not doing typical police work in the military. Mm-hmm. So you have to, so you're kind of with much more kid gloves with the, po- with the police, trust mm-hmm. me, compared to the military. Okay. okay. So you always have your standard operating procedure. I believe, just pull it different. I go right. ahead. I believe that. And that's why, you know, it, it is dangerous when the military has to be deployed for, uh, you know, across the country, because, um, although, you know, we see brutality from police officers, um, I think that, you know, it's going to be a lot worse when we're dealing with the military and especially if, you know, they declare martial martial law. Yeah, because you don't, you wouldn't go to a civil court, you would go to a military tribunal. Then it, it's kind of funny. I look at a lot of times when we had an incident in Baltimore recently where a lady punched us, a white sergeant twice in the face when he was trying to handcuff her and she turned around and punched him twice in the nose and and his subordinate slash partner you know hit the lady with a right cross and she went to sleep i had somebody oh that's wrong no 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 there's nothing wrong with it see the part of protecting Mm. and serving the part of protecting and serving is protecting yourself and your fellow officers but you know what people don't like to see women hit with that much force they think that as a woman, you should be able to just, you know, hold their hands or, um, ah, yeah, I, I, I do think so. I do think that there's a, a certain level of force that could be considered excessive with women. So I understand it from that standpoint. Can I, can I say, can I say the magic word? <laughs> no, I already know what you're going to say. Bullshit. Stop. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't do that to me because don't so- scream that equality. Don't scream that equality shit. And then you want to hit a guy, and you don't expect that guy to hit you back. Now, it doesn't take I do the same it, amount of force I, for a woman to control a woman. If you look at if you look at it, he really didn't hit her that hard. Ah, oh, okay. He really didn't because guess what? She hit the guy in the nose twice, and his partner came across five across her lip. Guess what? If she never struck the sergeant, was she got a hit? No. If you use equal, equal, equal force to meet it, so. As ugly as it may look or people may take it as, guess what? Don't hit people. My parents told me, don't hit anybody unless you expect to get hit back. I actually now, saw the video for that, which you're referring to. And yeah, that was insane. And I'm looking at it like, hmm, if you think that's vicious, I've been in some knockdown drag out fights. I've been in an incident where a guy who was 30 pounds heavier than me beat up a girl, 
to the point where if you put your fist against her eye, that's the size of the knot on her head. And I go to try to arrest this guy. He kicks me off. So I took him down again and the fight's on. He's hitting me. I'm hitting him. He grabs my gun. I put him in what's called a Kimura arm lock or double wrist lock for all you catch wrestling fans. Break his arm. He grabs my knife on my other hip. Grab his wrist. Break his other arm. Elbowed him. Bang. And his tooth came through his bottom lip. Remember, he's still fighting. Hit him with another punch. Cracked his orbital bone. Still fighting. What would be my next resource to do? Like a lot of people, if, if a lot of people like, wow, that much damage to him and he's still fighting. Yeah. And, it's, and it's like people, but guess what people would have said? That's police brutality. Now, the fight If they still saw won. his face and saw him with both of his arms and slings, they would be like, oh my gosh, the police really brutalized him without knowing the full details of the story. And, and, and that's the reason why we got to know the full details. Now, what that motherfucker did in Minneapolis was brutality. That was nothing called for. He's subdued. The fight's right. not going on. In my case, the fight's still going on where I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm wearing 30, 40 pounds of extra gear and it's hot. So I'm going to fatigue. You know, mm. thank God I was, thanks. You will fatigue <laughs> faster than you normally do. So thank God, you know, he just stopped fighting. And my partner showed up. I'm like, where is he? he he's the guest. So it, it's it's wild. So a lot of times people don't see the full scope of it. They just see, I'm surprised it, it wasn't, a, well, one of my incidents had been a world star. But I'm surprised people just go totally into the emotions. Like, are there times when it looks bad, but it's legal? Yes, like the punch on the lady. But then you have things that are just so so terrifying, like the guy, excuse me, the motherfucker, we can't call him a guy, in, Min in Minneapolis who puts his knee on somebody's and then put his hands in his pocket so cavalierly where you're like, you just don't give a damn about this person. So, so it, it's, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, okay, so generally how we've seen the, these things play out Generally, there are bits and pieces of media, like if there was a, a, a phone, a camera video or a video from a phone, um, we'll get a piece of that. The news will disperse um, some information. Do you think that they release, like how they release the information is made to make the public react a certain way? Oh, yes. Remember, propaganda is the first step to war. Even when it's, time, it's when the war is a character assassination, because you you got to look at it. Black people are very emotional people. You could have a black guy rob a bank, smack kids in the face, shoot and kill a bunch of pregnant women. White cop shoots them dead. Oh, police brutality. They're going to just say white cop killed black man. And then you got to read the rest of the story probably tomorrow to get the full scoop. But, but you have to admit, the way in which black men are handled by the police versus white men, it's 
there's a, a start, startling contrast regarding like the differences um, between how they're treated and, and you know, um, how police react to them versus how police react to their white counterparts. I've treated everybody the same. I've seen, you know. Now, I, I don't know. It might uh -huh. it's possible that black men, I mean, you know, black police officers um, are more apt to treat uh, I, I still don't, I don't know, I'm in the South, so I still think black police officers even are going to treat white white folks with kid gloves. Now, I don't necessarily... No. I mean, Maryland's a Southern state as well. See, that's the reason Maryland why... I got a lot of black folks. Uh, uh, and guess what? So does the South. So, <laughs> so... Yeah, but it's a lot of... Here's, my, qu else. here's my question. In the South. Here's my question. Are those black men being pushed and groomed to be police officers? Probably not. Yeah, uh, uh, the police are seen uh, as the enemy. No, why are they seen as the enemy and not something that you could take over? And that's the problem. Good you want to get rid of? You, that's the fucking problem. Mm -hmm. So if somebody think I'm not smoking a cigar, drinking cognac today, this is this is gonna this is gonna be Charles Fuck the Live and exclusive. <laughs> so guess what? If you want to hear the realest police officer on YouTube, go tell your friends. Go tell your family. God damn it. Go tell the people riding to sit their asses down for about an hour or two. They're going to be well entertained to listen to what the hell I'm going to say. Now I got to beat up with black people. I love my people, but y'all full of shit. So do you think uh, we're making up that, poli that police brutalize no. black people? No. This is the part where I say they're full of shit. If I'm tired or something, there must be an end game. Meaning, I must take the energy to change my reality. Guess what? We don't want we don't want white people being police in our neighborhoods. We're gonna push all our boys in the police, fire, and the military, just like the Gray Faulkner Initiative states. How many acts did we have more black police officers? Guess what? Do you know how many times I've pulled a car over and they're more and it's, and it's a sign of relief and comfort of me pulling over a black person? I can imagine. So so if we actually groom these boys into that stuff instead of feeding them, this ain't the part, this ain't where black men need to be. And you take them from the hoods, but we'll let these black boys run amok. Not even push them to college or the, or the trades. We'll let them run amok and then not give them the tools to become productive men. That's just like people get mad with me when I, when I say, hey, you want a better man? Raise them better. You got to you do your part. I, I agree with you. I think that I, aside from some viewing the police as the enemy, I think that a lot of black men also don't believe that the police forces will hire them either. Bullshit. You know how many people I've gotten hired with the police department and fire, police, fire, and military? Yeah, I know differently too, but I think that, it, that, you know that's that's what some people believe. I like to quote this great philosopher, if you allow me. His name was Red Fox. <laughs> and he said the best way to get off, get on your feet is to get off your ass. Well. Yeah. So if you want to change police brutality, think about it. Asian people get grants from whatever country and this country to start businesses in your communities, taking your money. How many times did he hire your children? How many times do they put a scholarship for your children? 
Right. You get nothing back but the piece of junk that they sell you. Arabs saying, Hispanics saying. I mean, you you if we go to these stores, it get mistreated. All they got to do is say a half off sale and you're back in line. We get police brutality. We've been abused from the police for God knows when. But now we have the opportunities to join the police department and make it 70% black. You, 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 you ladies want me to tell you some real honest truth from military science? Please. You always pay the people with the guns first. Why? Um, because you want the people with the guns to Because be they have guns. <laughs> yes, because they have guns and them guns can easily be turned on you. Or they could walk away from them guns and the country will be unprotected. So if you had if you had majority police officers, all these black, you know, concaves and all these enclaves, excuse me, and all these black communities in these places where we have large amounts of black people and we're predominantly in the police department and we get a predominant amount of black people in the military. Don't you think reparations would be like that? Um, hmm. because that's you gotta pay, you gotta pay to play the people who protect yay. Yeah, yeah. but that's oh. the part that's the part that I always get at. It's like, look, I feel for my people, I hate brutality. It's one thing if the guy was fighting, you whoop his ass, okay, but if he's not, I hate it, I despise it. But if you're telling me you want to change something, guess what? You do what the Asians, the whites, the Arabs, the Hispanics say. I don't give a fuck what your dreams are. You're going to be a police officer at least five, ten years. We're going to put money in a pot for you to go to college, buy a house or whatever in this pot. If you stay, we'll keep putting money and interest in this pot. But you're going to be police because we're tired of these. We need a foothold. And we're tired of these people abusing us. So we got to take, take the power from them. Go ahead, ladies. So do you what do you think about the riots that's happening? Do you feel like this should be something that's going on? Do you feel are like black people justified in rioting and protesting? Yeah. You're always you're always justified in protesting. Okay. And mm -hmm. number one, just to answer, number one about the Native Americans didn't take over state, yeah, they got paid. You know why? Because they guilted them. And yes, they did take over shit because they took over their goddamn lands and made money over it. And the government wanted part of their money. And they said no. And they took it to court and they couldn't get taxed off their property. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And remember, they had they actually had contracts where the government actually had to come and pay these people. Just like we do, but we don't force it. But when you put yourself in a position of power, force is necessary. It is almost guaranteed. But all right, to answer the question about are these protests necessary, yes. My what thing is about the looting, no. What is that going to build? Right. What is that going to build? Wait, let me send a shout out to Des James for the cash app. Thank you so much, Des. Thank you, Des. I do have a question for you. Um, one thing that I've noticed, because I do generally follow, like, you know, situ or at least I follow um, cases that are like police shootings where um, the 
person uh, involved was unarmed. Um, and mm-hmm. one thing that I noticed is that justice is generally swift when it's a black police officer. However, when it's a white police officer, generally it's like pulling teeth to get them to even file charges. And then when charges are filed, a lot of times they are acquitted or some, somehow they get off. Um, so to me, what that says is, you know, being a police officer, you're part of the criminal justice system that says that even though we have large numbers of uh, black police officers within the criminal justice system, it, you know, doesn't work for it's still not working for us. Um, I'll say this. It's rare that you're going to have black anybody. Number one, when it comes to black people shooting a white guy or doing something unjust, the white guys are just as quickly going to jail, especially now, especially the last five years. Jesus Christ. I'll give a good example of the Freddie Gay case. I look at the citizens of Baltimore and be like, how the hell did you vote these people in? Mm-hmm. You had you had currently uh, the state, the Baltimore City State's attorney. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the name, but you could look it up. <sighs> How did she become state's attorney when she messed up a murder case when it was three times? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still wondering that, but she wanted her and to be a state's attorney. She made promises that she didn't she keep. Couldn't, and she couldn't keep them. And here's a little part that people don't realize about the Freddie Gary case, which I had to read all of this stuff about. The medical examiner's office does not work for the police department. Nobody's going to give up their six-figure position to help you and to cover for you. Nobody. The department is only there to get their lawyers involved to cover their own ass. So when they looked at the autopsy of Freddie Gray and it said self-inflicted damages, guess what? Mm -hmm. The family hired their own forensic expert. And guess what happened? What happened? They had the same findings as the medical examiner. So you couldn't, so you couldn't, you couldn't charge these people. Now, did they do something wrong? Yes. If the guy wants to be, wants to play around and be an asshole, say, I need a medic, call the medic. It's not your judgment. Just call the medic, play the game. Even if he's being an asshole, play the game. Maybe he's legitimately hurt. Who knows? Even if you get into a fight, call the medic anyway, because you're probably going to need one. He's going to need one. So that's where they fucked up. When I look at these cases like Amber Geiger, yeah, she's going to get she's going to go to jail. Everybody knew she was going to go to jail. And I'm just looking at that like you just broke into a guy's house and shot him on his couch Mm -hmm. in his underwear watching football. And I do believe there was something going on with her and that guy. I don't give a damn what nobody says. I don't even like using the word believe, but I know something was going on. There was prior stuff because there's no way in hell the key or whatever to your house doesn't fit, but yeah. you somehow breaks into this shit. No, you're going to jail. And Claiming that his door was open. And here's another. Even if my door is open, you could tell by the furniture of my house, oh, this shit ain't the same. So she there's a lot more than what was said. And here, here's my here's my craziness about it. I'm tired of black folks being so forgiving when she committed a fucking awful crime that that that's nothing that's Agree. forgivable. 
Like you, you, you should have told. There should have been a petition by the family. No, we don't want manslaughter. We want murder. And then to get the silly ass judge to come over there and hug her. Ooh, that that had me seeing red. Do y'all think that was for proper propaganda? Because I'm sitting there and I'm looking like, okay, had it been the reverse, we've never seen that happen in reverse ever. And I'm like, what are we really saying about um, black people or for black people, even when there are times where they deserve the full amount of justice, it, it makes us look silly in a sense, because we're going to hug the people that killed somebody that killed one of us. That somebody well, she said she's a Christian. She's a Christian. So she had to hug her. Let me let me ask you something. I'm gonna ask you something real, real simplistic but deep at the same time. Does your beliefs outweigh your reality? They never should. Not at all. Not at no. all. Because your Christianity is not the same as a white person's. Your Islam is not the same as is the Arabics. But you know what? Even as a Christian judge, um, I'm certain that she's had young men in her courtroom who were dealt a horrible hand, and she didn't come down off that bench and hug them and give them no Bible. I'm not buying that. I, I and I'm going to tell you that I'm agree with you. How many black men, black young men, been across her bench, and she threw the fucking hammer, the, the hammer right. of God at them? But you got to remember. It's not just how white America view us. How do we view ourselves? You're right. And the other thing is we have to keep in mind that these are elected officials. Like we have the power, you know what I mean? To get them out of office. And we need to ensure. And, and the other issue that I have with us is that uh, how quickly we forget, you know, we'll, we'll be upset for, you know, five minutes and then we forget about, you know, whatever it is that we were upset about. We're easily distracted. Right. Yeah. We have a very short attention span. This this is like, I'm looking at this like the riots and the looting and protesting because we got to remember, not all the protests were violent. You right. have a God-given and constitutional right to protest and I will do everything in my power to protect it. Now, once you start throwing bricks and shit, you know, the fight's on. But when it's peaceful and you want to be heard, look, if you really want to affect it, guess what? I would love to see black people not go to work, not go to, not support anything, not vote, not do anything, not buy anything and say, we're serious. Tell you, tell you put this initiative of more black police mm -hmm. in our neighborhoods, we don't want to hear it. But at the same time, once you get the black police, give them the utmost respect, just like they should give you. Mm, that's I agree. But um, we have to know we have to keep in mind, though, like peaceful, peaceful,ly protesting. I, I'm all with it. I'm all for it. But um, that can't be the only way that we try to incite change, because um, we've peacefully protested for decades and you know, what, have, what has that gotten accomplished? So we have to do more than just protest. I mean, even if that means like we're saying, you know, buying black or, you know, um, ensuring that you're not spending your hard earned, earned money at, at, you know, um, these, the, these, um, businesses that are owned by other people, um, you know, we, we have to do more than just simply march. 
that 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 could be one facet of how we uh, exact change, but we have to do more. And the biggest issue to me is that we're unorganized. We're not organized. We're not. Most of us even aren't on this. Aren't even on the same page. What's the smallest unit in the black community? The smallest unit. I don't understand mm-hmm. the question. It's the family. Are oh. black families organized? Not at all. Are black families something to be put on a pedestal and, and praised and uphold? No, there no. Uh, the black family unit, meaning uh, you know, mother, father, child, is becoming you know something of an anomaly. And, and here's my question: In a lot of these situations where emotions rise, and I've talked to somebody like Aliette. We don't even we don't even glorify masculinity in its truest form in the black community. If you look at a lot of these things, a lot of a lot of shit that goes on in the interaction of police when it comes to young black men, a lot of it's emotional, both on the guy's part, both on the um, police's part. When you handle things like a man, you'd be like, you know, hey, officer, I messed up. There are guys who said that. Hey, I messed up. What ticket did you give me? Instead of actually saying, you know what, man, why are you fucking with me? You always fucking... Look, calm down, man. And you get this irate person who gets an emotional. Are we teaching them to be men? Or are we just teaching them to be chicks with dicks? So it's not saying or picking on it. We have a lot of emotion. And we have very little masculinity. No, it does not mean you should be brutalized by the police. A lot of times you got to know when to pick your battles. And that's what I see in a lot of these issues. Now, do you have some extreme issues like in Minneapolis? Yes. Now, you also have issues where two guys are arguing. And sometimes it's like, you know what? Here's your ticket. See it in the mail. Go home. Or sometimes just because you're polite, you probably won't even get a ticket. We got to know how to deal with stuff on a day-to-day basis, especially for black men, since you're going to be looked as the big, scary black man, you got to, you got to look at it from that base. How do we conduct ourselves? Well, you know what? We shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't have to breathe oxygen, but we do. So you put yourself in a position where majority of the faces who are police in America look like us. You still going to placate their rules. And, and it's funny, when I was talking to a friend of mine well, a couple of days ago, is it that we really want equality or do we really just want to suffer a bit less? Do we really want power and do we really want to see black men in control oh. or do we want white people just to be nicer about their shit? Which one is it? I honestly think that black people like to be pacified. Um, I don't really think that we like to be shown a mirror of um, our own dysfunction. And so when it does play out, and we do see those things because now, but I also see, I guess the problem that I have with it, with the justice system is that we are um, punished more harshly than any other race in any country you know we have the harshest punish punishments and 
we police and arrest a lot more black people than anybody, right? Mm-hmm. When you have a system that's like that, mm-hmm. and you do have white people who get off and they get off very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't slap on the wrist. Right. They don't go through this. They don't get the same punishments. They're not punished the same as we are. I think black people have a problem because they're not punished the same as we are, nor, nor do they go to jail at the same time. So when we do see somebody get locked up that's black, it, it's like, well, damn, um, homeboy sold two bricks. He got out in a year. I sold some marijuana. I'm locked up for five. And because it's of like, our experiences with the police, we're more apt to give black people the benefit of the doubt than we are law enforcement officers. See, it's it's crazy because we just deal with the arresting part. Okay. All right. Okay. That's step one. Nobody talks about the court commissioners. Nobody ever talks about the prosecutors. Nobody ever talks about True. the judges. True. We're doing our job. If you sell something, we arrest you. We don't do we don't deal convictions. We just deal with arrest. Yeah. But black people are po- policed a lot more than black communities are policed more than uh, you know other communities. Guess who also called the police more? Oh, and that, that's what I don't get because um, uh, it, it literally has to be life or death before I call them. Guess who called the police more? Okay, be specific. Yeah. Is it black women who call the police more? Mm-hmm. Black. Well, we weaponize the police. You do. And you got to think about it. It's no different than when you had back in the day the black woman living on the plantation and her husband didn't do what she said. She go to master, master whoop him in the shape. How many times have we looked at our black men as tools to be used like a carpenter? How many times have we used the police to keep our kids away from that man who has done nothing wrong to those children, but just want to teach them and love them and and raise them. I have to agree with that. I've seen personally, I've seen the police be weaponized. I know that black women, we know that if you ain't doing what we want you to do, that we can call uh, the police in order to get you in line. And to me, that is an example of being an agent of white supremacy. And I, I just don't understand that mindset. Eh, I got to say this. Ashanti Edwards, a lot of people talk themselves into both handcuffs and tickets. That is very true. A lot. Once again, I'll say this. People don't remember the good that you do for people. I had a lady I pulled over. Did she remember the time when I saved her life when her boyfriend was beating her ass? No. She wanted to get smart and cuss me out. So you got to remember, don't act like everybody who gets pulled over is this nice, jolly motherfucker. Let's not be disingenuous now. But back to what we're talking about, talking about. Well, you have black women say that I love black men, but in the next breath, I'm going to call the police on my baby daddy because I want him out the house. Does that make black men feel at ease with the police? 
Not at all. And we've had far too many instances where we call the police and, you know, our, our partners are killed. And then we're sitting there looking stupid and crying and upset. And, you know, why did you have to kill him? Well, was and, and, there and, no other alternative to and, and uh, look resolving at your issue with him? And, and I look at it. Let's say black men are getting killed at this rate. Do white people get killed by the police five times more? Yes, but there's more white people in this country than black Right, people. way more. So I'll answer everything. Number one, you're in a criminal justice system. Do we hire mayors on our behalf that look from the community from our behalf? Do we hire prosecutors? Do we hire judges? Do we vote for these people? Do we go? We don't even go to fucking city town hall meetings. True. We don't even go to fucking PTA meetings. Oh, true. Think about it. Your son can't get can't get scholarships for college or get trade trade. Um, excuse me, get trained in a trade, go to college or go. They spoke to by a recruiter by the police and military, but you could go send somebody about talking to them about some damn LBGT lifestyle. Hold on. How you how you guys doing down in the chat while we wait for Officer Charles? I'm back. Oh, okay. My mom was saying bye. She's leaving, <laughs> going home. She came to visit. Ah, I gotta love my mother. <laughs> gotta love my mother and father. Gotta love my mother and father. How are they handling? Um, are they scared for you because you do have a very dangerous job, especially in today's climate? Like, how, how does your support system work? Um, in the words of all my friends, you're going to laugh and it sounds ignorant. Shoot that motherfucker! Like, <laughs> just saying, they used to joke about that. Like, look, dude, we know you. We know that you're going to treat people respectfully. Don't let nobody, you know, catch catch us, catch a fast one on you. So I got a lot of support, you know, a lot of support. It's, it's lovely support. As a matter of fact... Yeah. So many jokes about it. One of my homeboys, he always joke about it. You ain't no cop, J. Reed. So it's like in the middle of anything. So it's like funny as shit. But it's support. You know, today is actually my 20th anniversary of graduating high school. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Time doesn't fly. It floats. Yeah. But a lot of people who even have issues with the police be like, I fuck the police, but I fucks with you, though. I fucks with you. <laughs> And, and I think we got away from community policing where you walk mm -hmm. the beat. I actually take my S Pantern, look it up. S Pantern, that's the little nightstick you see on the wire. You see the officer spinning. Mine is made out of Cocoa Bola and Ipe. So, what is good? And you walk mm -hmm. around and you talk to people, you talk to store owners. And it's funny because you have a lot of police because they put us in cars and they want us to go around and around and around. You don't get to interact with the community. I never had too many issues with the community. I mean, you may have a couple of a-holes here and there, but I never had too many problems. Even the OGs on the block, they told some of the young young dudes, they were like, I I'm going to fight this off. So they were like, don't fight him. Do not do that. <laughs> you, you will go to the hospital. You fight him. I, I had a question for you. What is your opinion about Black women who are telling Black other black women to withdraw their support because um, George Floyd mm. was engaged to a woman of another race. Do you want the officer Faulkner or do you want Charles's opinion? Both. <laughs> I like you. I like you already. 
Officer Faulkner would say that is very unprofessional and very unbecoming of a black woman. Charles says, mind your motherfucking business. Whoever he goes to sleep with, does that still justify that he died unjustifiably? Exactly. That is fucked up. Exactly. You trifling bitch. Excuse my language. <laughs> I don't, any woman who says that, you, you are a trifling bitch for that. And yes, I will tell people yeah. who are not familiar with me, there's a difference between a woman, a lady, and a bitch. You call things by their proper titles, as my parents have told me. That is yeah, some no. trifling shit. That's like if one of you ladies were married to a white man mm -hmm. and you were killed or raped. Oh, well, if you weren't married to that white man, you'd be raped. Right. No, that'd be fucking ignorant. I'd be a trifling motherfucker for saying that. Not only so, did they withdraw their support, they started pulling his criminal record and just kind of um, assassinating the man's character. And this is the this is the horrible stuff. This is the reason, ladies, why it's why the black community is looked at as a joke. An Asian guy could commit some heinous shit. The Asian community you don't hear shit from him. Not a peep, not a word, not a nothing. What the hell is criminal record got to do at this case right here? Because right. they they my buddy Josh, who's also in the who's loose cannon in the in the comment section, woo! He pointed out that they tried to detain him from a twenty dollar bill that they mm -hmm. thought was counterfeit, but come to find out, it's real. Even oh, if it was I a, didn't hear that part. Even, even if it was counterfeit, number one, you you don't even have to really arrest him at the point, unless there's large amounts of it. And you just contact the secret service. A lot of people don't know secret service deal with counterfeiting, but right. you, 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 that was uncalled for because guess what? I can get your name and ID, do an investigation and write a goddamn warrant for your arrest. Who teaches these motherfuckers? Wow. You, you avoid See, if it was conflict. a white man, I don't think that would have happened. There is a white guy who posted on Twitter. He tweeted about how um, himself and George Floyd had both tried using counterfeit 20s. Um, and um, the difference was that he's allowed to tell about it and George Floyd isn't. I, I mean, like the outcome would have been differently if he was not a black man. And I, no one can convince me of, uh, otherwise. And I do have to agree because... I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's a big culture shock. You're going to have officers who've never dealt with black people ever in their life, even in the military. And I'm pretty sure I, I forget which one of you who were, who was in the military. That was me. You had, you had people and you probably experienced it yourself who've never been around black people till they been, till they went to boot camp. Yeah. I was, um, prior to you coming on, I was sitting here telling concrete, um, you you do actually have people who've never seen black people, never been around them, but I actually think it's pretty effective um, to a sense in like race relations and helping us to somewhat relate to each other or actually kind of helping them relate to us because I think we've always been kind of taught to relate to them and to um, have compassion for people and to be human to people. And I don't think that a lot of them have, have actually seen us as human beings, but you know, something that they heard about. Or that is very true, because I've always made this analogy. Do white people need to know black history to get ahead in the world? No. 
But do we need to know black history and white history to get ahead? Yes. So they, so they could actually close themselves off because the countries for them, once again, criminal justice system. And hey, we don't need to know about black people. Is it true that all of you dance and eat watermelon and fried chicken? I had a guy in Iraq ask me, white guy, and he was serious. He says, why do white people have such anger to, excuse me, black people have such anger towards white people even to this day? Because you don't need to know a damn thing about us to get ahead of the world. And we got to know everything about you. And we still may not get the same position as you. We, we have to be twice as good to get it and three times better to keep it. I'll go ahead with the question. Do you think that Black Lives Matter movement has been effective? This might be controversial to some, but fuck Black Lives Movement, excuse me, Black Lives Matter, or I like to call it Black Lesbians Matter, because when you read their manifesto, oh. they have nothing to do with black men at all, because they just use oh. our deaths to propagate their little LBGT promoted bullshit. You notice now, how silent they had been for years prior to this happening? I, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan either, to be honest. So fuck them. And, and I'll say this. You, you need more interactions with the police. I, I'm a supporter of the PAL system. Like myself, I've been a coach for wrestling at Lake Clifton Eastern for almost 20 years. Next year, I make 20 years I've been coaching there. Mm -hmm. When the riots happened in Baltimore, I had all my old wrestlers and the students call me up saying, you good? Do we need to come out there and get you? I said, don't worry. RoboCop got this one, <laughs> you know. Superman's still good. No kryptonite yet. So little jokes to ease them. But think about that. Just interacting with them, they're like, wow, the police aren't that bad. You know, not every police is like this. I think there needs to be more interaction. Like go to the schools, actually have tutoring sessions between the police officers and the students. Sports events, ride-alongs for for the adults and the young adults and the college age students. You need to have workshops, just like they have an RLTC, yeah. a JRLTC in high school and an RLTC. You need to have a program in high school and in college to actually get people geared towards policing and events. Actually have conferences where you're gonna hear things you might not like from the officers, you're gonna hear things you might not like from the civilians, but you get your point. That's across. a good idea. Almost like a town hall, but involving the, the community and the police. That that's an that's a real good idea. And uh, and it's part of it also, you know, supporting programs like the Gray Falcon Initiative. Shout out to the Professor Cerulean Gray. You know, we teamed up with it and said, you know what? Why can't we get majority black police people in some of these black cities? Why can't we get black boys into the military, which will give them the skills, the training, the money for college, a new outlook on life, the ability to travel, the ability to be respected. And you need certain things to bridge the gap. Hopefully conversations like this will. I am very articulate, but guess what? You better not bring your kids when I speak, <laughs> as David Chappelle would say, because we're going to get real into the gritty. Ah, hopefully you ladies are enjoying it so far. 
I actually think this is uh, absolutely very, very insightful. We wanted to know, would you um, be open to us opening up the panel and having some people come on and sure. ask questions? Sure. Uh, you know, trust me, George knows me. So this concrete rose, y'all know me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, absolutely. Uh, I, I got a question for you. Um, cool. So e even no with the current climate, um, I know you have a son. Um, you would be comfortable with your son going into law enforcement? Yes. If he chooses to, I would school him to look at the pros and the cons. And But if it's his choice, I would support him 100%. If he wants to go to the military, I would support him. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I will, I will explain this and the reason why. I do not teach my, my boys to be cowardly. And when I mean my boys, my biological son, and anybody I've coached or mentored, I don't teach cowardly men. I teach conquerors and kings. That's all I teach. Right on. Shout out to Sam I am for the super chat. He says, great mm. to Mr. Faulkner. Thank What's you, up, Sam. Man? And I haven't, been, I haven't been called Mr. Faulkner so long. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Ask a classy black man. Thank you so much for the chat. He said, why is the female side of every jail one-fifth smaller than the male side, causing mm. officers to get female tickets to appear and holding males for jail profit? Interesting, Mr. Well, well <sighs> female jails are going to be smaller because females tend to commit less crimes. Mm. So we don't give preferential treatment. It's just like people say, well, it's domestic violence. And this female said, oh, this guy hit me. And he's the one with the damages on him. Motherfucker, you going to jail, mess. Uh-uh. So we can't get preferential treatment. There's plenty of females who will see this is the difference. Uh, since we're at domestic violence, I'll break it down a little bit before we... Domestic violence is actually 50-50 when you look at the st statistics between men and women. So you're saying Who's that they're 50, 50 so you, you basically receive being 50, 50. But men probably don't want to press charges. But here's the caveat to all that. Who calls less? Men. Very few men are going to talk about their women beating up on them or mistreating them. So it's, mm -hmm. so it's suggested to be 80-20 that a lot of men are getting abused because your woman hits you and she's doing stuff to you and throwing pots and pans. No mm -hmm. guy wants to call that. The average guy's not going to call about that, which he should. Even if they call the police, like even I've seen situations where the woman calls the police and she was the the initiate the one who initiated it, and for whatever reason they still assume that the police are going to side with them and that they can still weaponize the police even though they were the instigators. He says, Where do, where's the evidence of committing less? Majority of your criminals are male. Mm. Okay. Majority, not just black male, majority of your criminals are male. Females do not typically like to tie, it's very few times. Have you noticed why feet, a lot of times you hear guys on panels say these females like these thugs and bad boys? Yes. Because they live vicariously through them. Wow. That, that's why. 
You ever notice when a female stops dealing with them and want a square lace guy when shit gets too real, when she starts seeing a gun in her face or bullets mm. start whizzing. But that's why females tend not to group because we have this male thing called an abundance of testosterone that makes us more aggressive and more daring. We're more prone to fight. We're more prone to do more daring stuff. So a lot of times we're not favoring females. They're just less likely to do it. I never said females don't commit crimes or don't get arrested. Because if you look at what I just said, it's 50-50 domestic violence. But people don't take the time to research that. Okay. Um, are you a conspiracy theorist? No, because this, this, the foolishness about conspiracy theories, who you think put them out there first? I would say the government, but... If, yeah, if I want to fuck with you, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put the rumors out. Because okay. guess what? How do you hide something in plain sight? Very true. Um. So, with the riots and stuff happening, do you ever feel like... Will turn on police officers as a whole. No. What, what what's happening now is mm -hmm. frustration and anger, and blowing off steam. Mm. Should there be a, a requiem? Yes. Should we have more black police officers? Yes. But till you have mm. an end game, all you're doing is just looting. You're just going up. And I'm going to tell you a dark secret that people don't like to hear. Each time you have these mass demonstrations, public disturbances, riots, the people who are getting paid are the corporations you're protesting about. They're going to put all that stuff you stole out the stores, market as insurance, make money. And then when you want to go take your kids to Target, Walmart, <laughs> you got to drive like about 30 miles out to yeah. get the one. The insurance companies are going to pass on the the um, they're going to pass on the cost that they incur to, uh, you know, all of their insurers. Uh, mm -hmm. Most insurance companies are mutual. So that means you share in the losses. So everybody's insurance is, you know, going you know, if you have property insurance, it'll likely be raised and, and not, not mm -hmm. even just property because there are a lot of autos being damaged as a result. Yeah. Of this too, so. and then yeah. And then you got to remember. And then you also got to remember, not only that, police in Baltimore and other cities that I've talked to, they're working 12-hour shifts. We're back with eight-hour shifts, so that means they got to pay us four hours overtime every day. So we're getting paid. Everybody getting paid. All these people that you said, that don't, they're getting paid. You're not. So True. you're kind of you're, you're being counterproductive. Now... I, I, I've heard that, you know, I've heard people say that their um, police officers need civilians to have a healthy amount of fear because, of course, as civilians, we outnumber police officers. Um, and that's kind of what they operate off of. It, no, we operate. Any truth to that? No, we operate off of respect. You respect hmm. me, I respect you. That fear thing, nah, nobody cares about fear because you're not supposed to fear me. If you fear me, you're not going to come to me when somebody's robbing you or trying to assault mm -hmm. you or raped you. 
that's mm-hmm. the that's the point I made when people say the police to their kids, the police are going to lock you up if you're doing bad at school or no, because you can't. No, that's that's what you call failed parenting, not failed <laughs> right. policing. And not to say that this happens often, but we've seen situations where these police officers are going into schools and actually arresting young babies, like young boys. They're arresting children. Um, You know, I personally had a situation where uh, my nephew was um, playing, you know, roughhousing on a playground with a kid and he, um, they were wrestling and he did like a suplex on him and he dropped the kid. And the kid was injured, and they literally tried to arrest him. And he was and eight how, years old. Eight. Um, that's not an assault. Yeah. Yeah, she fought okay. it, but they literally wanted to arrest him. And what's, what city and state is this? This was in, it was in like Podunk, Podunk town. So, um, yeah, all white police force. So it must have been like a sheriff department, like some. They have a Some city country. police, but it was like oh, a city, a city that's police. less than like you know fifty thousand. It was in the middle. Yeah, that, and, and that explains a lot of it. Like some like major metropolitan police departments won't even bother with that shit. We'll oh, be like, look, these are two kids playing. Like hell, we used to do the same shit when I was little. Like really, get the out of out of turn my body camera off. Don't call us for the stupid shit. <laughs> We're gonna like what the fuck we gonna do? We're gonna charge him for assault. He did not do it maliciously. Exactly. They were playing. Boys play, boys get hurt. End of story. Get out of here. Well, the kid was white that it happened to, too. And you know, of course, my nephew was black. So, oh, oh, oh boy. That that, that's, the that's the research? reason. Is he on mute? Mr. Research? Uh, you muted yourself. Can you hear me? Now, all right. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, I wanted to uh, speak about the topic and get, and just ask a couple of questions. And I know Mr. Faulkner doesn't represent everybody in law, but I just wanted to see if we can narrow down a couple of things per his perspective. You know, um, so I've been on quite a few blue shows, and when People say that commit more crimes, and I think it'd be interesting to have this conversation. Wouldn't we all agree that the epitome of the evidence is on the convictions, not the arrests? Crime is crime. Okay. Because look, arrest and convictions, you have to arrest on probability. You have to prosecute or convict on certainty beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, we can arrest you. That's the reason why we have courts to prove whether all the evidence is applicable. Right. So when someone someone says this group commits more crimes, we would have uh to go off the convictions, correct? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Make that make sense for me. So in other words, if an assault occurred and the suspects get away, did it, did a crime still occur even though nobody was convicted yet? That's to be determined because respectfully, just to Concrete Rose's point, we don't know if that 911 call, if that allegation is weaponized at that point. If we go off this 
theory that all everything Sister George said on that particular day happened to be true, then we wouldn't have laws like in the heat of passion and and so on and so forth. We we wouldn't have those types. Not of that depends on the states because when you have a crime that occurred and you have somebody rob a bank, that's still a crime. You treat it as such because now if you wait on convictions and say this is the crime, guess what they're going to say? We don't have much crime at all or it's going to take a lot or you're going to have the uniform code of justice come out or whatever FBI crime statistics come out every what? two years or three years instead of saying okay if we have a if we have a homicide oh this isn't a crime that's an obvious crime so you have to count that as a crime true there's an obvious one i think i think i i'm trying to have the conversation on the topic that we tend to and i know you guys as officers have a difficult job because you're dealing with the public on a big level but sometimes I think that officers are so indoctrinated in their group that all they see is what benefits their group and not the actual topic. For example, like we we just discussed, we as regular citizens would think that we're not committed a crime until an actual conviction occurs. But yeah. you just said that's not true. That that's not because true. something because something was alleged uh, alleged innocent till proven guilty yeah but you can be saying that that doesn't matter if something you was can be alleged, innocent of proven guilty but but put it to you this way right what would be the point of writing warrants to profit jails no nah, we don't profit <laughs> at that no, no, no because no, guess no, what if you're if you're telling if you're if you're this like this if you're saying that we shouldn't count ahead, crime if you're saying that if we don't we shouldn't count crime until a conviction, we shouldn't write warrants. If we identify and find out a guy who broke into like let's say it's your house and we find out who broke into it and identified the person to write a warrant for their arrest, even but though that, that still constitutes a crime. Yeah, that's part of the investigation is to investigate and find out what occurred. Because and you need a, lot a warrant of times, to investigate. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, you don't need, need a warrant. To, a warrant. No, you don't need like search warrants to go in someone's house if you're uh, investigating oh. a crime. No, because no. if I'm coming to your house and you invite me into your house and said my house is burglarized, I have right. to go into your house to see if it was burglarized. You're pretty yes. much invited. You invited in me in to go in there. And that so, instance, but see, there's two it? types of warrants: search okay. warrants and arrest warrants. Well, which well, basically well, have well, the well, same context. Let, uh -huh. uh, let, let me just help Charles. So Concrete Rose, he's he's right and you're right uh -huh. at the same time. What the warrant you're talking about, Concrete, is when Charles goes and says, hey, I talked to Mr. Research. He's one of my informants. And he said that he was in the house when C. Rose did X. Right, right, right. And then he gets that warrant from a judge. Okay. It's still alleged. Right, right exactly. Remember, you're arrested. You're not convicted. So right. but then that goes back of, to but then Charles so that goes back to our to our discussion of how do people say X amount of people commit crimes when we only have the arrested portion. We don't just have the arrested portion because guess what? When you see a large fight or a riot, is that a crime? Yes. You may not have all the suspects of that crime. 
but you still have a crime that occurred. Now, when you go into conviction, you're going into something totally different. Mm. Meaning that now this person is defending themselves. Remember, innocent till proven guilty. You're still innocent, even if you're arrested. You can be arrested for a warrant. Hell, you can be arrested for favor to appear in court. True. And that's FDA. just for you to, and that's just for you just to show up. And what happens? That warrant is forgiven once it's served. So True. that's not technically a crime. That's just contempt of court. Well, 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 let me share this with the ladies. This this is what I believe when I hear you and other officers speak. Like I said, I've been on several blue shows. And prior to Clinton doing what he did, uh officers used to give tickets for a lot of stuff. Appear in court, appear in court. When these private jails created by these families with deep pockets were created, now it was it seemed like an obsession to to create to feel the overflow. You know, you wasn't just going to jail mm -hmm. and you got kicked out because your charge is childish anyway, running a red light or whatever, or, or jaywalking. Now it's like, let's hold you for at least 40, let, let's hold Sister George for 48 hours or 72 hours on this charge. Yeah, it's going to take away her weekend. And when she finally gets to the judge, you know what, there's really no evidence. Let her go home. But in the meantime, as a jail, maybe not as Officer Faulkner, but as a jail, we're able to charge the state $125, $150 a day that Sister George was there. Another proof of that, C. Rose tried to bail her out on Friday, but they wouldn't release her until 12 o'clock midnight so they can get that extra third day, technically, to charge to the state. And this is why I say as citizens, like what I've done, I look into the details of this, that even maybe if the officer like Faulkner isn't aware of it, it appears that's what's happening because a lot of these jails, I, I, I've had female cousins tell me they, they, they got a drunk driving charge and the officer let them go home, drive home, all these things that Officer Faulkner wouldn't probably. Now I hear white people say that. Right. Okay. Let me let me let me explain oh, this, right? Where because a lot of a lot of things in the department are especially going away trying to arrest is the last part. When we give tickets, we don't get a share of the fucking money. Because majority of that shit is court cost anyway you're paying. You're paying and especially in Maryland, MVA, court costs and whatever restitutions. So, for example, a lot of people get mad about they get arrested on a warrant or drunk driving or whatever. If you blow a certain place, we can have a person. You're still arrested. But we can have a person pick you up once we get you to the hospital, because usually if you're certain levels, you're going to be at alcohol poisoning. You can't drive for 12 to 24 hours. Or if there's nobody to come get you, we have to place you into the jail. So a lot of people get mad about drunk driving, but that's easy to avoid. If you're going to drink, get an Uber, get get a friend to drop you off, get don't or just don't drink. I think I think Charles, but, you're talking about those blatant charges. Those yeah, 
but just like in just like the investigations, right? Well, we have to get warrants for people's arrests, just like if for domestics, let's say baby daddy, baby mama, husband, wife, boyfriend, boyfriend. Yes, that's domestic. Girlfriend, girlfriend, beat each other up. Okay, we can't, even though the state kind of doesn't like to do it, but we got to take you both in because you both have, we can't decide who's the aggressor. Okay, okay. Let me ask a, a monkey wrench question. And if you're an officer and you see an officer who decides that he's only going to take the male, what does that other officer supposed to say? Because your standard is they're both supposed to go. It mm, depends. Because See? guess what? Because we're going to have to look at it. Are you sure? Because a lot of times we will talk on it. Because especially if you have senior officers who are experienced, sergeants or lieutenants on the scene, when you have a large contingency of bullshit going on, as I like to call it, in the case, look, they both can go. Oh, and people, and then you have to be a very good listener because people will tell on themselves without even, without even them knowing. So, yeah, you could take them both. So, and guess what? And when it comes to tickets, like my boy Josh said earlier, tickets are discretionary unless it's something like drunk driving. It's discretionary. I'm, I'm going to share the mic after I say this last thing. I think for me, when we hold these discussions, and like I said, I, I speak with other officers, that gray area you just said of discretionary, that kills a lot of the discussion on this group commits more, that person does more. Because when officers put that, well, it's up to the chief, who was ever sergeant on command for that day. and They can't, they the can't tell you what to do. No, let's, let's, let's stop that bullshit right there. There is no, especially in our department, they can't tell us to write a ticket. They will get sued. They will actually get in a shit ton of trouble we got to write that person a warrant. No, that's not his decision. That's the officer's. So let's just cut it. No, we don't get promotions that way. We don't get favor that way. No, we don't have any type of awards or anything like that. Or we need 15 tickets today. No, well, no, Charles, no, no, we don't. Question. Um, and then I'm going to have bomb and then you Jessica X. Um, so, like with roadblocks or whatever, are y'all told to particularly to set up shop in specific neighborhoods? And being that you're in Baltimore, Baltimore is predominantly black. I'm not really sure if there are a lot of white people in Baltimore, but it's seventy percent black, roughly. Wow. Is it wow? A thing of a, it doesn't seem like the black community is more targeted in those situations. Hmm. Let me see. Let me let me pick the best answer for this one. The best way possible to answer this. Okay. We're gonna put you as the major of the of the district. You're the major of the district. You're the commanding. You're the commanding officer of the district, right? Where are you gonna focus majority of your police? Are you gonna police it in the high crime areas or the lesser crime areas where there's hardly any crime going on. Now, now I'm asking a question. Okay. 
I and I asked it a certain way for and I asked it a certain way for a reason. Okay. I would say I would put the, the cops area where there is the most crime, but this is the problem that I, 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 I kind of feel that there is. Crimes happen in white communities. I just don't feel like they're they're police the same as black people. And, and a so, lot of white people also police their own communities. Here, here's the here's the get go with that, right? Mm-hmm. I work in the northern district of Baltimore City. Do we have this trailer park redneck area? Yes. Do we have million dollar homes? Yes. Do we have black people in the hood? Yes. Guess where majority of our crime is happening? And the poor white areas and the poor black areas. Well, well, here's what I say. People are probably more crime. Remember, crime, crime is one part of crime is economic. Exactly. Sorry, can I just touch on one point quickly? Do you not think that it's a catch 22 because you put the officers where there's a higher crime rate, but because the officers are patrolling that area and they're more likely to find the crime going on, there is going to be a higher crime rate in that area. Good point, Jessica. No, it's because you actually have a higher number of crimes committed there. But if it's, <laughs> but if you have, if I go to a place where there's no one out, there's people jogging, because remember this, there's a lot of black people who live in a million dollar homes too. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're going to cut the whole. Well, it's probably just white people only. No, there's a good amount of black people who live there who have fluent families. So if I'm going to go to where the quote unquote hood is or for both whites and blacks. And there's not a lot of opportunity. There is not a lot of jobs going out, not a lot of income coming in. You're going to have more crime in that. You're going to have crime. You're going to have a crime because of one proximity. Just like you have black on black crime, you got white on white crime, you got Asian on Asian crime. So when you look but into if the you're high doing crime, something like setting up a, um, you know, like the traffic things to um, the um, uh, radars to um, get people that are speeding, but you're doing it, and uh, you know, no matter what area you do it in, you'll probably catch people speeding. Mm-hmm. That's called probability. Here's the confusion I have going back to what Sister George said. Sister George said, okay, if a person, if, if, if we're using the word commit more crimes based on her question, yet we can't establish that commit happens at the conviction level. It just happens at the uh, investigation level. level. Well, investigation allegation level. So where people allege the most is where officers are posted up the most, which is kind of what's confusing with me and Jessica's question because so, I'm gonna give you a good it's, it's, I'm gonna give you a good example. It's right? Nah, it's not. Because guess what? If people call us to that area and say we need you to patrol around this area more often, guess what we're gonna do? especially if we start to see a trend because you have a lot of crime statistics every week come in. They have crime statistics that come. Hey, you want me to explain it, right? Go ahead. Yes. Just like this. Are you going to have certain parts of towns that are going to have more crime than the other, or are you going to have equal? You got to chart it. 
Okay, what is this? Oh, hold on, sir. Are you basing this on broken windows theory? No. Okay. We're going to go by probability, and we're going to go see by, okay, if I'm noticing we're having a rash of car thefts or break-ins in this area every week at 2 o'clock between the hours of 2, let's say, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., guess what we're going to focus more of our more of our force on, more of our people on. We're going to focus it around those hours. And that, so. that oh, sorry, I, I, did, I thought you were finished. Go ahead. Um, no, that's basically what I was going to say. So I don't know if it's the same over here, but here in England, we have this thing called stop and search, right? Where the police can just stop you and search you, see if you have anything on you. And at that time... Like stop like, and frisk here. Yeah, probably. And... Um, Basically, when it started, the crime stats showed that there was slightly more probability that black boys were committing more crime than white boys. And so what we saw, what we saw with the stop and search policy was that they were stopping four times as many black boys as they were white boys. And so although in the beginning there was a slightly higher crime rate for black boys, what you saw when that policy was enforced was... Um, the crime rates for black boys shot up because they were searching four times as many black boys as they were white boys. And so, of course, you'd find four times as many black boys with something on them as you would white boys. So, wait, 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 wait Jessica, are you saying they created through their own actions the percentage they were looking for? Exactly. And so that's that's what we see sometimes with these police policies. And that's what I was um, touching on when I was talking about, you know, you responding to areas with higher crime rates. The crime notice, rate might notice. be higher initially, but then you notice. also play into that crime rate being higher. Notice, notice I've, I've asked you a question without race, right? Yeah. Notice I didn't say if it's a black area. If you are the major and the, com the police commissioner is on your ass about a rash of robberies in this area, because guess where most of our robberies occur? Okay, but 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 Charles, hold on. Now now you're going back to the thing of one person has created the narrative that there's high crimes. I was with you when it was the call-ins. But I think I think what you may not understand being in the group and serving as a as a as an officer is that there are scenarios like for for me, I, I investigate a lot of this stuff. There are scenarios where where the politicians or the city council creates a narrative that does not exist. Let me give you a quick example. You got Buford, Georgia. Buford, Georgia doesn't have a lot of crime. But what they did was in order for them to create a jail a police department and, and, and uh, raise the taxes, they start saying, oh, look at all the crime over here. Look at all the crime. Once they got what they wanted, they redistrict to go to an area that isn't even part of the place that they that, that they uh, cover in order to get the revenue for arresting people up the street around the block. So to this day, and for those people who live in Pine Lake and, and some of these other Georgia places, your, your crime, to Jessica's point, has now risen because the officers in those scenarios, not yours, Charles, are actually going after revenue as opposed to doing what they claimed they were going to do in the first place. 
and <clears throat> this is this is oh sorry someone talking i don't hear anyone can can i be heard now can, can you hear yeah, me sure, i was just, ahead, i was like, just gonna I say this real before. quick i was just gonna say this real quick because when you go through when you go through crime statistics and you look at what area goes through what it's not just black white no it's the area Charles, because you have uh, go ahead sorry, sorry, but because, when i asked you my first question it wasn't actually race-based i was talking specifically about just areas like you were so certain areas would have higher crime because the officers are patrolling that area more so it wasn't my first question wasn't about race the second one where i addressed stop and search that i brought race into it there just to show how different groups whether it's um a neighborhood, a certain race, a certain age demographic, whatever it is, how certain groups can be targeted more than others. So you're going to be like, for example, Baltimore, 70 percent black, seven out of 10. Who am I going to go? Who am I going to speak to? And that's you're, you're going to speak to a black person. So you're going to you're just going to run into I can throw a rock and I'm going to hit a black person. Yeah, that's how many black people in Baltimore. So if I go to Carroll County. As a police officer, guess who I'm going to interact more with? I'm going to interact more mostly with whites. And that's so, that's fine, but we can't always personalize this. So um, No, we didn't maybe... personalize. You got to listen. It's not a personalized thing, okay? This is what people are missing. Because you have to, because a lot of these high-ranking well, supervisors. Actually, you can. Have, you know, no, I didn't. Well, actually, you can personalize Hold on, let, me let me finish. I didn't. If you're a black what? officer in a white neighborhood, you don't have and power. No, you got power because I arrested plenty of white people Let in that black na- in that white part. neighborhood. No, so, man, you can't you shoot a white authority. person and get away with it. That's what That's I'm saying. My... You don't have power. Uh, my my question is, is, how long have you been on the police force, sir? We don't call it the police force because that is like 1980s RoboCop. It's the police department. I've been there for 13 years. If I've okay. arrested several white people in a large white neighborhood, guess what? You still got a job to do, whether they're black, white, Asian, whoever, polka dot green. So if I got to go and I got to have, if I'm getting robberies on my posts or burglaries or, or car or some type of carjacking or somebody breaking into cars, and you start seeing a pattern of what time, what area, yes, you have to address that. Right. Okay. So I have, can I be heard now? Because I, go I was trying. Okay. So we're going to go back to the stats because that's the problem. The, the, the stats in which that people are speaking about when, when, when we mentioned that black people are committing more crimes, that is false. And when also, when you said that the crime happened, so the, long as the crime happened, then they're going to count it as a crime. Yes, but you don't know who committed the crime, whether that person was black or white. You can charge someone with something that they didn't do at all. So did the crime happen? Yes, it could have happened. But does that mean that it was a black person that committed the crime? Who said anything about black people committing a crime? No, Charles, she's trying to say false. When something is false and it's later determined that you can't convict this person because there's no evidence. But according to what you said, the fact that it happened, therefore, it classifies as commit. That's what the confusion is. Yeah, there's because they have different character, character um, categories for crimes committed 
crimes arrested and also what the convictions were. So when you look at these stats, they're not one-sided. So when people, I don't know where anybody got that, oh, black people commit more crimes thing because that confused the hell out of me just now. Because yeah, nobody I see that said, narrative being, being, being spread it around a lot. Yeah. yeah, because I'm confused like shit right now about that because nobody said it. I didn't even mention race for a reason. Because no, no, no. Let me explain something. Uh-huh. If you if you have a if you have an area, doesn't matter who lives there. If you have a trend of a crime trend going around, just like every around October, we get more burglaries occurred. Why? Because that's the time people start buying stuff for Christmas, generally. So you're going to get more burglaries. So what you're going to do, you're going to patrol around. You're going to do more patrolling. As you tell, if you're doing it already, it's no problem. But you tend to see more initiatives towards burglary initiatives because you're going to get more people tend to break in and breaking into houses because they it's a known fact. People are buying gifts and putting stuff underneath the trees or whatever they do with them. And they tend to break in just like in the summertime. What are you going to get? You're going to get more assaults on the street. Why? Because people generally are going to be outside more. You're going to get more street robberies. People are outside more. So you got to look at the trend of what's going on and say, okay, this is happening around this time. Okay, we need to send more personnel to address this. Because guess what? When the civilians call and say, we're having an issue with a with a large crowd fighting every time they come out of school, guess what you're going to do? You're going to place police officers at that stop to make sure there are no fights. Right. What about the police in, in black communities when you're pulling people over looking for their license and registration? You're saying there's not a lot of drivers happening in the white communities? Um, Who said that? Because I'm not you're, you're saying that up, you, I'm not talking about no, you. No, you're just you saying, so, uh, so in other words, if I, if I pull over a white person in a black neighborhood, does that mean something? Or a black or a black person in a white neighborhood? No, you're pulling them over for whatever you're pulling them over for. I mean, I could see where she came from, where where I where, where I'm from, where I chose to leave from. There are a lot of people of my complexion that have no driver's license that are driving around without pads. Is that legal? Absolutely depends not. Depends so, on the day. Depends so on if you. Day. Because if you're supposed to have a George Floyd was a different case. Are they sovereign? Are they sovereign citizens? Nobody, no, no, that ain't no sovereign citizen bullshit. No, no, get this bullshit out of here. Get that fucking bullshit out of here. Go to jail quick. You gotta go to jail quicker for that shit. No, you cannot drive without a god. You cannot drive any of the fifty goddamn states without a license. No, 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 no. That bullshit out of here. Go ahead. Can I? Can I ask you a question? I don't know if it's been covered like already because I came in a bit late but Uh do you feel so just okay take George this George Floyd incident for example do you feel a conflict of interest when something like this happens so for example your loyalty towards the police force versus your loyalty towards um, a man of your own race Uh, I've actually answered that earlier okay sorry 
So, we stepped in late. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I see. But I'll answer your question, love. And what part of England are you from? London. Uh, is it raining? No. Uh, that That's once. <laughs> Rang like a motherfucker when I was over there. It's true, but I'll, I'll You're answer this. I don't <laughs> deflect. I don't deflect. Right. I will get to the question. Trust okay. me. I have no silver bracelets and I have no fucking golden lasso because I will, right. I will tell you virtually. Stop deflecting, Wonder Woman. Number one, like I said before, I will not call that motherfucker police officer because he was a criminal. He did not do anything that represents policing at all. He was cavalier about putting his knee on someone's neck, which caused death, which can cause death or bodily injury. And in this case, it caused death. Yes, he's a criminal. Not one damn thing you did. Hell, the fucking super friends had it best. The best way to sum up law enforcement or policing to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong and to serve all mankind. You didn't do none of that shit. You were you murdered someone. So you need to pay for that. Do I have loyalty for my fellow police officers who do the jobs correctly? You got damn right. Do I have loyalty of being a black man? You got damn right. So yes, I can be affiliated with multiple things. And this is wrong either way. You have many of police officers who said, fuck that motherfucker. He he committed a murder. So not all so police there's several police, black, white, and in between that says, fuck that motherfucker. He does not represent us. Fuck him, tarred feather him. Take his badge, his gun, and his patches, tarred feather him. Kick him out the, kick him out of the street to get his ass whooped, and send him to jail, never to be heard from again. Yeah. Does that answer have, it? Yeah, that answers it perfectly. I was going to say, have you encountered anyone in the police force who has sympathised with the officer? And Carmel Sugar always get to the goddamn point. And no, I've never encountered anybody who will who will justify criminal activity because okay. you no. If okay. it's them, it's on their in their heart and their mind, but nobody has come to me saying I sympathize for that guy. No. Now if there's an officer who has to use sufficient force to subdue somebody and it's legal and it's not excessive, I have no problem with it. Let me let, let me take a little pressure off of Charles. Uh, not that he needs it, but I, I want to. Uh, there's sure, no pressure. Trust me. Yeah, I want to make sure we don't forget the point that Bomb Cherry and Jessica made combined. Charles and his his team members as a group is given a narrative that isn't necessarily evidence proven. Now, I'm not saying that it isn't proven per his perspective, but for us as regular citizens, it's not evidence proven. So what Bob said and what Jessica said is it appears many times that people above the officers or working with the officers create an imaginary narrative. That mm, be, let, me, let me just finish, Charles, that it doesn't appear can be proven. And to Jessica's point, it seems like many a times they insert themselves into something and create the percentage that they claim they're fighting against. I've lived in several states traveling, and I will tell you, I have seen officers take a nice, peaceful little town and just start arresting folks. Anybody that's trying to go to work, anybody that, that has uh, out-of-state plates, and create a percentage of 
yeah, we got all this crime over here. And to this day, nothing has ever been fixed. And all they're doing is running a courtroom generating revenue now. And it's, I wish we had a courtroom generating money. Maybe we could fix some of these goddamn streets. But you got to understand something. One, I don't know how small towns do it because there's nothing going on in small towns. You're talking about fucking major metropolitan cities. Baltimore's the 14th largest city. That's a major city. So, so number one, the motherfuckers cannot police in Baltimore because they would have a culture shock. Yes, Mm. I've been in knockdown, drag out fights with motherfuckers. I had to arrest people. Yes, I had to do thorough investigations to the T. To the T. Even with the even with the detectives, I had to go, and I worked midnights. So I had a call at what six forty-five, six fifty. Guy put a knife to his baby mama's throat, who's six months pregnant. Actually, guy ran out the house. We checked the house to see if it was clear. Made sure she was okay. Needed medical attention. I was like, okay, where does he frequent? Where does he go? Well, he stole my card, and she had a text that her card was being used. So I was like, okay, let me roll around here. By the way, I'm off, by the way, this time. See the guy, arrest him. Had my gun out. Hey, you better get on the ground. And if somebody, if somebody's upset with me pulling my gun out, I am in the, in the most immaculate way, fuck you. Because if you're willing to put a, neck, a knife to a pregnant woman, you're willing to stab me. So he's on the ground. He's arrested. Backup comes. We call for the wagon. This jackass wants to play the game of, oh, I'm hurt. Nobody touched you. We just put you in the wagon. Body cams on and everything. We played a game called the medic. Doctors and nurses check on him. He's okay. He, he's full of shit. He goes to jail. But at the same time, when you have these little one-horse towns going out there doing shit, I don't know why would a black person live there. It's beyond me. Especially Oh yeah, I was I did a little bit of boxing, did a little bit of MMA, did a lot of wrestling in Baltimore to answer the question. I probably I probably know you, especially since I know a few people in the box community in Baltimore. But to get to the point, policing is different in a big city compared to a small town. It's different from the city versus the county. You're gonna have a more contingent of people, you're gonna have people living literally living on top of each other people with a different culture. Now, like I said before, when you actually get more black police officers who are from these areas and from the culture, do you always have to arrest? No. Do you always have to give somebody a ticket? No. I can give you a contact receipt and give you a warning and say, be on your day or repair order because your light's out. Now, do I have the ability to search the Shamil area? Anywhere that you can reach in your vehicle, realistically? Yes. But do we always do it? No. Now, if a certain odor of some type of of something up there, or I see something of a gun and you're not a legal gun owner, yeah, let me call it for backup. We're probably going to search that car. Now, if you just have in Baltimore, what is it, under 10 grams of marijuana? Here, keep your weed. We don't want the shit. But there are certain procedural things that go on that a lot of people need to go to their police departments 
or go to their police or go to the websites their police departments have and check their general orders or their policies to see what those police officers can and cannot do. The police Any don't questions? even know what they can and can't do most of the time. No, the most, of the time we do, most of the time we do. Because a lot, of, a lot of times you got to remember, like when I said that, when I said the two to three percent that are corrupt, they know what they can and cannot do. Why do you think they're corrupt? They're corrupt because they want to they have control. So let me give you an incident and you tell me who's right, who's wrong. So my husband and I, we're going home. We're driving through the community. Now, for some reason, in that community in which we used to live in, they used to post up. There's only one way in that community, one way out. So, yes, they targeted that particular community because it's a what you call the black community. Okay. So, but um, we're driving in and they pulled my husband over. Okay, my husband, you know, we're not criminals, so we have no problem. He pulls out his license registration. I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and the cop, the new cop, which I found out was new, he comes on my side and asks me for license. He asks me for my driver's license. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in a passenger seat. He then shines his light between my legs and see my purse down there and asks me what's in my purse, what's in that bag. So I'm looking at him like, uh, it's none of your business. And I, he asked me for my license. I said, well, I don't have it. Why don't you have a license? I'm not driving. So I, I guess I'm wondering, like, what? why would a police officer ask a passenger of a vehicle for their driving license? No. I've never been in a car where the passenger wasn't asked to produce their, their driver's license. No. And I, no. I actually didn't know that that was illegal until some white people made it known to me that they have never been asked as passengers, even people in the back seat, um, for their license. Exactly. No. That's what they do in black neighborhoods. They don't do that in wet. That's illegal. But go ahead, Charles. No. Other times you can ask the passenger for an idea, yes. Situations dictate. So we had a call before where we had multiple people in a car. I come to back up some officers. And they're like, should we pull them out? Nah, give one more unit here. It's three people. Yeah, get four officers. One to look inside the car, one to check since you smell drugs in the car. And we go through the car. There was a gun underneath the, um, the driver's seat. So, yes, we're going to ID everybody. Now, could I just, if a person was pulled over and the person driving doesn't have a license and they get a ticket, yeah, do you have a license? And the passenger. Situations always dictate. Mm -hmm. So, if so you... So, what would make you ask the passenger, though, if they haven't committed a crime? So let's say it's a traffic stop. There's no crime. You don't smell anything. If Why it's a dick. Situations dictate. Like I said, if we're pulling people out, we smell something. Everybody's coming out that car. I think, if we, I think, if, I think we if we're just pulling if we're just pulling you over for a normal traffic stop, like the tail lights out, you're not. We're not asking the passenger. So situ situations are, dictate. I think right, we so citizens are not realizing that through the years we have allowed city councils and counties to give. A lot of discretion. 
And I think some of the questions that's being asked has to do with discretion. We have allowed people to create a situation where officials, no matter whether they officers or just land investigators can have a lot of gray area discretion. They're gonna ask a person in a passenger seat, back seat, because even if the officer did not smell marijuana, he may have felt like he smelled it. And there and that's enough. No, seriously. And but that's you know, they rely on our ignorance of the law. They rely right. on right. us not knowing yeah. the law. I'm getting to. A lot, yeah. a lot of things have to do with that. Do you right. think it's, see, I gave it's a bad thing if they ask the passenger for their ID? I don't necessarily see the issue with that. It's just establishing well, you who... the white it's not it's not an actual um no. requirement for you to show your ID if you haven't committed a crime and they don't smell anything in the vehicle. And why no. is it though that they're doing it with black people but not doing and not it? Like, like, I well, have well, no. that's the thing. Never, what if they have the here's the part here's the part that people here's the part that people people don't understand and misconstrue. A lot of things go for the goose and the gander. People get people get upset because we're pulling them over. Okay? That's the general gist. Okay. People feel as though we're inconveniencing them because when we're pulling them over, they're not thinking about white or black people. They're thinking about them. No, no, no. Okay, let's back up. Let's back up because I gave an actual incident right that happened to me and my husband and it's it is about color because i understood that they didn't pull over none of the white people in that community but they did pull over the black now did i care they pulled us over no because everything we had was legal but yes i had a problem with them asking me for my id that is a problem when they so targeting you, black people so let me ask you this question did you make any complaints um, Yes, I made a complaint right then and there, and I informed you, him I wasn't showing him anything. Did you call the supervisor? I did supervisor. ask for the supervisor, did and that's come? when, uh, no, because the other officer who was talking to my husband, getting his information, the driver, he called that officer to the back. They sat in the car for a little while, had a conversation, and then the officer came back and apologized to me. So it was corrected, correct? Yes, it was corrected. Well, because but sometimes, that's because, because sometimes let me let me put it to you this way because there are times when you have a rookie officer and the senior officer has to school him or check him right and that's what happened i can't but follow a complaint because this happened to me over 10 times and like i said every single time i've been pulled over everything's always legit it's not an isolated incident this is and this is right most black people i know have had the same experiences this let is me something they do when they pull black people over let, they let me offer know who everybody is, see if you got a warrant. Let me offer another citizen thing maybe people don't realize. Like, hell, I've been pulled over by gunpoint. Look, point, so. look sometimes, sometimes people in authority go after people they don't believe can fight the ticket, that they don't believe has the money to sue, True. and they don't believe has a lawyer. Me, personally, I tell all of my guys who follow me, Every time I'm pulled over, I give my lawyer's card before I even give my information. I, I let my, in the minute I'm stopped, I take my cell phone, I, re, I press record, I got it on the front of my phone, and I put it on the dashboard. And, and I let all the audio be recorded. And I hand him my lawyer's card before I even give him information. Many times they'd be like, what's this? Oh, my lawyer told me to always hand the officer my 
his card first. And, and you still I, have to you still have to hand over your information. No, no, I still do that. But I let but but I'm letting this officer know if this stuff ain't by the book, it's gonna be a long day. Mm-hmm. And I think to to Concrete's point and maybe Bomb Cherry's point, we as black folks gotta let it be known that we're willing to sue, not just file, that we're willing to sue for harassment, even if it goes nowhere. We we, we really want the case on somebody and their continued behavior. Now, if they're like Charles and they're just straight down, this is how I do everybody, then no, mm-hmm. no, no file. Right. But do you, do you think that sometimes, um, this is the thing, do you not think the best thing to do is if you're in the passenger seat and they ask you for your ID. The best thing is just to give it to them and still continue no. to be no, present. No, why would I do that? No, because I, I, why, why would I give it to them? I'm not. Because... I have not committed a crime. I'm not driving. I haven't committed a traffic offense. I don't need to identify myself. Because psychologically, this... it damages people over time, Jessica. When you're on your 32nd time and that's happening, let's take Char- uh, Eric, Eric Gardner, for, for example, to answer your question. Even though he was arrested for the crime of cigarettes, which is actually a retail crime, it's not a, a a crime in New York for just a regular person. Even though he was arrested all those times, he was not convicted of none of those arrests. It was just wasting of his time, which he said before he died, you keep arresting me for this and they keep letting me go. I'm tired. I feel like we have to know our rights and we also have to ensure that we are enforcing them. Um, if, if you have the right as a, excuse me, passenger in a vehicle, excuse me, if your rights are being violated as a passenger in the vehicle, you need to ensure that they know that you realize that your rights are being violated and you do not have to comply. Like I, I, we don't have to give up our freedom so that they feel comfortable. No, let me, I, let me explain this. Let me explain this. This is how law works, because not every case is the same. Let's get that shit out there. Everybody listening, right? It depends. If it's just a normal routine, okay, their lights are out, they went across a stop sign or a red light, nobody's going to usually bother the passenger. Now, if there's certain things coming up there, like, wait a minute. You come up to the car, you smell something. You're like, wait a minute, something don't smell right. Now, if I see you fidgeting and you're dipping your shoulder and you're putting something down, and I'm like, look, don't pull any, even if I got to go over the intercom, just keep your arms where they are. Because a lot of times when I see people dipping down, and it's been proven, a lot of people who dip down, you're reaching for something or you're putting something away. Just don't move. Now, when I'll be like, hey, can I see your license registration? The guy will be like, can I reach for it? Sure, go ahead. Try to make this as easy for you and easy for me. Now, if I see you're going to sometimes have the passenger doing some dumb shit or saying some dumb shit, I'm like, look, one, if it's just a driver, just leave the driver in it. Let the driver do what he got to do, get a warning, get a repair order, get a ticket if necessary, go on about your business. There's no need to be like, oh, you're doing this to me. No, if nobody's doing anything to you, leave it alone. If nobody's doing anything unjust to the driver, leave it alone. Just let it go. If you want a supervisor there, I had one of the, one of the weirdest and funniest times I had was when 
one of my partners was uh, clearing the streets from prostitutes, from transgender prostitutes. And they claimed that he was calling them names and doing all this stuff, correct? And they had a video of him doing it while he was on body cam. And I'm the senior, senior officer up there. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm listening to the complaint. I even called my sergeant down. And it was so funny because my sergeant pretty much basically handled 90% of it. And he just got the person's information, put it in blue team, said that a complaint was made about this. A formal complaint was made, even though it was bullshit. Because I looked at the video and the lady was all outright. Oh, he doesn't like us. He's a faggot. He's all this. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. You're claiming that this guy said these nasty things to you, but you just said that to him. You're not helping your case here. But yeah, you want to challenge his sexuality. So you got to look at it from what's most of the times if it's a traffic and somebody pulling you, we're not bothering the goddamn um, passenger. The only time I'll probably even ask the passenger if the person driving does not have a valid license or their license is suspended. And I don't even have to do that because I could be, I could just go by the book and tow your shit. Because if you really want us to go, like a lot of people want you to go by the book when it favors them. But if we go by the book all the time and I give you a chance, like this guy has a suspended license. Okay. Call somebody down to come pick your car up. The, the thing that I was going to, that I was touching on is that sometimes and it's, it's important to know your rights and to know what they can and can't do, right? That's, that's correct. But then... That's always, that's always important. Yeah. But this is the thing. If um, sometimes it can create like a sort of belligerence. And so the officer could ask you something simple like, okay, let me have a look at your ID. And then you say, no, that's against my, my rights, right? And he's just like, okay, but just... No, I just want to establish identity. Let me look at it. And then things get a bit more heated. And before you know it, you find yourself arrested for something um, much greater than than some, you would have been let go initially. You would have just okay. showed your ID. Mm-hmm. So, 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 let me, let me so explain this. And I'm, no, let me explain so this. I'm not giving up my freedom. Let, let me explain this. Like I get it, but then by you knowing your, the laws that you are now belligerent, because that's what they play. No, they play no, that no. on us. That's no, what they do. Right? No, I didn't, no, I didn't no, quite finish. Can I just oh, finish the last part? The other thing is we're living in this age of technology and there are a lot of myths floating around on the internet that if a police officer stops you, you can do this and you can do that. And a lot of the time it's not true. And so unless you're willing to go out there and educate yourself on your rights um, fully and get it from the correct sources, you can be setting yourself up to fail in a situation you may be fighting against something that it's not right for you to do so i've seen it many times on like you know when you see videos on social media of people saying well i i know my rights and i've read that you you can't do this and you can't do that and the police officer is in his rights to do so and then they end up getting arrested and so unless you're willing to fully put that time in and 
correctly educate yourself on your rights, it's better to just comply and not be belligerent. Yeah, it's me... not hard to look up your rights. You can look up your rights on your cell phone while they're asking you. In addition, like I know that it's that they, um, unless they have some sort of probable cause for asking you to identify yourself, that as a passenger who has not violated the law, that you don't have to give up your ID. I'm just not mm. one for like okay. giving away and giving up okay. my freedoms. Okay, okay, um, but like, let's back up for a second. Let's, let's back up for a second. Let's back up for a second. Okay. If we if we have probable cause, remember probable low, cause. George. Hello. Oh, you guys hear me now? No, yeah, I, I can hear, hear you now. Okay. Oh. I wanted to ask you before you got off into that. Do those laws vary from state to state? Because some people say that you do have to give up your ID when an officer asks you to identify yourself, and some people say. No, that's not. You no. have a right to not um, be like identify yourself. You have that right. I'm actually glad you asked that question because different laws for different states. Right. Yeah, different states. Mm -hmm. Okay, different different ordinances for different cities, different counties. Right. So, for example, in our policy, can a person record us on their video phone? Yes. If you're not a part of the situation which is so funny sometimes because remember a lot of times when they bring the phone to court, their phone become evidence it has to. So, so when an, actually one person actually put themselves in deeper and deeper shit because they recorded it and they showed everything that person was doing illegally, which is funny to me. I thought it was funny. And even if you have a person who's not involved with the situation or the case, I don't care if you're recording me. My body cam's recording. I don't care. Just do it across the street. Don't get involved. Don't walk over it. Get in my face. No, don't do that. You're, you're, hind you're hindering a police investigation. You do have some people who will make, like, let's say if I pull over Sister George and Concrete Rose is calling me everything but a child of God in the passenger seat. Like, I'm like, why is she acting like that? I'm just giving you a warning ticket. Da -da -da -da. You're just making the situation worse. Mm -hmm. But on a lot of times, a lot of people are ignorant of the laws. And remember, you cannot just read the law book from 10 years ago and still expect the same law to exist. Laws are ever evolving. So mm -hmm. you can record us. We don't care. At least I don't. Because I'm recording anyway when I'm stopping you. And people have said some things. I'm going to whoop your ass. And I put my body cam on and said, look. You're now being recorded, even though I don't have to really tell you. And if it's a, I'm pretty much telling you, if you touch me, I'm going to give you the work of God, but don't touch me. So you can leave or you can just go somewhere else or do whatever you got to do. But most of the times when you're in those situations, when it comes to licensing, then it, it, it depends on the state or it depends sure. on the city. <clears throat> a lot of times, if you have something you're not sure about, ask for a supervisor to come to the scene. Mm -hmm. If you're yes. not operating the vehicle in most instances, in most states that I've lived in, in every state that I've li actually lived in, 
Um, if you're not operating the vehicle and there's no probable cause, the passenger does not have to show their um, ID. I just don't like the notion that we continue to give up our civil liberties and our freedoms. Like that's what we fought for for hundreds of years, and it's just like I'm I'm never going to encourage anyone to do that. And I understand the notion that you want to walk away alive. So, and I would ne- I'm not the type of person, um, nor have I been in situations the situations that I named where they situations where someone was hostile. I'm talking about someone just in the passenger seat, not all of these additional variables, minding their mm-hmm. business, and they're being asked to produce identification to verify so, who they are. Like myself. Have not committed a crime. So here's right. the I, problem. I was quiet, right? I was very quiet. I didn't say anything to the police officer except good evening. It was the, the new guy who came out of the car on my side. And he said, I asked him why did he need to see my ID? He told me because he asked me to. I said, did I commit a crime? Uh, No, but it looks like you you could commit a crime. That's what's his answer. You know, it's funny. You know, it's real quick. You know, I was going to say this real quick. You got to remember this key thing. New guy, right? And new guy could be his first time on the street by himself. And he asks that. The older guy corrects him, right? The older guy was very professional. So, so here's the thing yes. that I don't, I don't think you guys are aware of politically, okay? Because what you see, Rose and Sister George are saying, when Bill Clinton, when when Bill Clinton remixed the Patriot Act, does anybody outside of Charles know what the Patriot Act is? Actually, they remixed it. In, actually, they remixed it in two thousand one. So, so they really do a lot of shit there. So, so. Uh, originally, George Bush Sr. did the Patriot Act, but what uh, Clinton did, in addition to in uh, uh, fund all these private jails, he created this thing to where you could uh, circ- circumvent citizens' rights that we're speaking of right now. Why did you do that? Under the guise of investigation. And, right. oh, and, yeah. and if you pant an officer down on what you guys are saying, he could say, hey, uh, I was investigating because I don't know if this person is a foreign national. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So see, the Patriot Act allowed a lot. Clinton and his Patriot Act allowed a lot of discrepancies to go on where there, where, where there didn't used to be. You used to have to do something extremely blatant for mm-hmm. an officer to mess with you. And this is why politically, when we see Bill Clinton play the saxophone, we think it's cute. We got to understand he didn't even want to go on the Arsenio Hall show. He didn't even want to interact with a lot of us. And in turn, what did he do? He created that uh, 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 private jail nonsense and also the um, uh, 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 remix the Patriot Act. Also to what Jessica said, I think people in London and outside, they got to understand kind of like when I was living in Surrey, how they treated the Irish people. It didn't matter how nice the Irish people were, how many times they, they, they allowed the Bobbies to keep messing with them. They got to a point where they got tired and they started dropping bombs everywhere. It, 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 it happens everywhere. So when people sometimes say, hey, you know, just let them go ahead and do it for the 59th time. 
in your right. your 19 year old life. But there are a ton of people right. advocating for it in the in the chat. Like how that's what they rely on us being docile and so weak. See, submissive right. and saying, See oh, this is this is what this you got a violation of my rights. I'm still going to allow you to do this to me. This is what you got to think about it. When when you were talking about probable cause. Can you hear me? Charlie? What is Yes, I was gonna. I was saying something real quick. It's when you talk about probable cause. When you're doing a car stop, what is your probable cause? The reason why I stopped the car. Let's say your tail lights out and it's out, or I've actually witnessed you go past a stop sign. That's my probable cause of stopping you. So we already have probable cause right there. Now, I'm pretty sure we cannot go. Pretty sure in most most places you can't you can do the Shamil area, which means anywhere your consoles, anywhere you a reasonable person can reach. We're not talking about somebody who's like, you know, elongated man or Mr. Fantastic who could reach all the way in the back. But if you have the capabilities of having that wingspan, anywhere you can reach. Could we legally search that? Yes. Now, searching a person, the same probable cause to search you would be the same probable cause to arrest you. Most of, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Even when you do a pat down, a pat down is different from a search. We can't even ball up during a pat down your pockets because a pat down is for checking what? Weapons. For weapons. It's for weapons. So if I'm doing a pat down, yeah, I can't ball up your pockets. Now, if I have plain senses, which is you know, sights, taste, and things of that nature. If you see a woman have a bag, bag of coke in her, in her like her cleavage, yeah, I can use search incident to arrest. Then I can search you. So a lot of times you got to actually understand when. Excuse me. Dry air. Excuse me. Where a lot of the classes are being held. And a lot of times your lawyer can explain it. And even then, your lawyer has to do research because shit is changing ever so ever so quickly. So when it comes to that, a lot of times, unless you're being violated in some way, comply. If the person's being professional, just comply. And you have the right to ask, um, what am I getting pulled over for? Yes. Okay, you're being pulled over for this, that, and the other. Most officers especially in Baltimore City, if your tail light is out, we just give you a repair order, we just give you a warning. Now, if you're driving on a suspended license, yes, you're going to get a shit ton of tickets. Because we could tell if the person was driving and it's, and it's like he was suspended and he didn't know. Because we could look at the date and a lot of times we're like, oh man. And many of those incidents, we give the people the benefit of the doubt to get somebody with a license, bring a valid license to take the car for, take the car and drive off with people like you, Charles. I mean, and that's what most of the, and that's what most of the time we actually do. If you don't have anybody to take it because yes, we're on the timetable. Yes, we do have to tow your vehicle, especially if it's impeding traffic. Now, if it's capable of you to park your vehicle, okay, we'll park it, get somebody to drive it. Don't. We'll do it. But at the same time, there are certain things people don't understand. We're not going to wait all day for that either. So people may become a little antsy. But like I said, it's not it's not only just for race. Yes, have black people been unjustly accused and 
and accosted by police historically in America. Fuck yeah. I'm the first person to tell you that because one of my majors is criminal, like my major was criminal justice. So yes, we talk about the injustices that happen to black people. Very much so. Hell, I even was in roll call and we had this one representative from the LGB community who wanted to tell me about how much injustice. So you're going to sit and I asked her, so you're going to sit here and tell a black man in America about injustice. So do people see your sexuality before they see my blackness? Question. I just had to know. Yes, I did ask that. So we're not blind to that. But as the, at the also point is, when I also said this, is like, look, educate yourself on the laws of your area. Fight to get more police on the street, black police on the streets. You got to do your part with it. If you are ignorant of the ignorance of the law is not something that can be forgiven. Sorry. Just because you didn't know it, the courts are not going to take it easy on you. You have mm -hmm. to educate yourself, and it's called due diligence. And <sighs> to, to touch on um, ask a classy black man, this is the thing, right? You almost likened it to, to the Irish and their experience previously in the UK. And if everybody just say is sort of out to get you, right just say the police are out to get you doesn't it make sense to not give them what they want so a lot of the time if somebody does if a police officer does have that agenda they're almost banking on you um reacting sort of wildly or belligerently they're expecting that and they want that and so it's better to not play into it it's a lot simpler to just give somebody your id you have nothing to hide you haven't done anything wrong. It's a lot simpler to just be polite, say, here's my ID. They check it, whatever they do, take your ID back. And they say, okay, go along your way. And that's the end of it. So rather than creating a whole back and forth. And then there's almost a thing where sometimes as a black person, if the police stop you because of what's going on in the media, like with George Floyd, rightly so, you might feel... Um, you might feel away when the police stop you and that comes across in your body language so you might get a bit more uptight you might be less relaxed and those can also be like body language signals of now, somebody who has something to hide well, but hold so on it's best to just, now you gotta you gotta oh, have you have to have reasonable <laughs> you have to have actual reasonable suspicion to stop somebody oh, oh hold on hold now on. you can oh. talk to someone and you're not stopping the safety of not having been through that multiple times. So, so respectfully, I, I will give you kudos, Jessica. If all things were straight down the line, like Charles, then yeah, I can, I can get away with that. But I've been, I've been locked up for profit before for charges that are fake and fabricated. It wasn't until I was able to sue one or two officers and I was on record in their database as a guy that sues, I was being left alone. So tell them about that database that she don't know about because right. if oh, she oh. understood she wouldn't just give them your right. ID. So 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 Jessica, that don't work here in America the way it does with the Bobbies in London. It is it every we, we, we don't have the benefit of Charles on, on every stop. Some uh, some of these people really uh, are uh, vicious about hold on. how they use their power. Uh, hold on for a second, Classy. So. There's a question in the chat that, that 
that I wanted to one of Sister George wanted to read if she wants to. I will, but give me just a second. I want to send a special shout out to RC. I'm just going to say your initials because I don't want to put your government out there for the huge cash app. We surely, surely appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, and the question is from Perfect Blackness. He says, how often are good officers turning into bad officers? Forgive me if this was already asked and I don't think it was. That's a good question. Believe it or not, plenty. What? Plenty more, especially in the last 10 years, plenty. So let me, I'll give you a good example. If it's something like a car stop, like where bomb charge was on, where I could pull the officer back and say, hey, wait right here. All right. Not gonna, I'm not going to ream a person out making a mistake in front of civilians. That's unprofessional. I'm going to take mm-hmm. you to the back and let speak to you and let you know what was what you did right, wrong. And then you go and you speak to that person. You apologize. You make whatever's right, right. Uh, but yes, have I have I've seen it? Hell, I've done it where you had one officer doing some fuck shit, as I will call it, not to go into great details. And they were they were doing something that was unbecoming of a supervisor. As a matter of fact, I'll just leave it as that it was against a supervisor. And yes, that person was put up on charges, departmental charges and suspended. So, yes, you're having more and more officers come out talking, talking about the bad officers and preventing a lot of stupid shit from bad officers. Another thing that will also help more that will have more support, support your support, your great officers out there. When you see an officer doing the right thing, support that person. Do not treat just like we don't treat. We don't want to treat every everybody with disrespect. We, we, we treat everybody with respect case on case scenario. You treat me with respect. We treat you with respect. Same thing for the officer. Wait a minute. That officer has never done anything wrong to us. No. Because you're going to have some people try to lie on the officer. And hell, depending on how you treat people, that's how you're going to get it. You never know back forward. Guess what? When I was fighting that guy who was bigger than me, I didn't call on the radio. It was civilians who called. One time my vehicle was stuck in ice because I helped the mom and her daughter who had a crazy ex-boyfriend and me and him had a nice conversation. And allegedly, I might have said some things that was other than being called a child of God and said, if he ever came back there, he, he would have to deal with me. It was her family to help push my car off the ice. But if you if you're being an asshole, people aren't going to come to your defense. Now, people will say, well, he might have arrested me and he might have done this. We might have fought toe to toe, but he's fair. People respect fairness. People don't even want you to be all the time, don't even care if you're all the time nice. They just want you to be fair. Right. I agree with that. I respect police officers, you know, but, and like I said, you asked me to ask for a supervisor. Well, the, the, the person in charge, he talked to him and it was over. It was done with, but he did that because of the neighborhood we lived in. And they were looking for black people. Were they both white? Were they both yes. white? Yes, they're both white. Yeah, and a lot of times you got to remember from a lot of these, a lot of these young white officers, just like anybody who's been in the military. A lot of these motherfuckers never been around black people, 
So they're going to have their preconceived notions, just like you have black people who've never been around, really around white people. Right. They're going to have, we have our preconceived notions. It takes a, it takes a mature body to be like, look, I'm going to treat this person fairly. I'm going to treat this person fairly. And this person is going to be, this person is going to get the utmost respect, even if I got to rush this person. Yes, it may come down to me whooping your ass, but I still gave you the utmost respect. It is what it is. Some situations, you know, you could talk your way out of, like, look, dude, I'm trying to have a good night. You're trying to have a good night. Let's call it even. What the hell is that, a washing machine? Uh, (laughs) Which one is that? Is that that bomb cherry or classic black man? I was about to say, (laughs) God damn. God damn, Roger Report. I'm I'm pretty sure England has modern washing machines. God damn. (laughs) Sound like she was going through that like, I'm on mute. I was about to say, like, she she in the background like, goddamn stains. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. And yes, as a police officer, you have to have a great sense of humor because you see some of the I'll say this. You'll, it's like the military. You'll see the best of humanity, and God knows you'll see the worst of it. Mm-hmm. And there are some shit that I, I, I've, I've seen miracles happen, and I've seen just pure hatred. Like, I've seen people shot six times in the head, and I'm like, where the head is barely recognizable. I've seen babies literally, like, you're pumping on a kid's chest, bring them back to life. And it's crazy because of this dynamic that you know, sometimes police go through some shit that, you know, we get upset like anybody else. I'm pretty sure that if that if a classic black man worked at a worked at a place where he has to deal with the public and somebody got on his nerves, he might not be as nice. He may try to be as professional he is, but he's not going to be as nice as he started in the morning. And if he is, God bless him. Yeah, so, I've, I've been through a lot, so I've, I'm I, I let a lot of stuff go that I hear from the public. Uh, yeah. but, but but with that said, I, I will say this though, Charles. Um, my only thing is, and I do want to support more officers uh, out here in California. We have a lot of black union officers, but I, I, I like like I say to them, you, you can't forget after you get that support. After you get that support, you can't fall back into the group narrative because we want to empower our black officers to where they don't have to deal with the anti-blacks. You feel me? Because mm-hmm. we have black officers who, like the guys in Atlanta, doing that unnecessary stuff they did. We got a lot of black officers who tend to take on the anti-black narrative, even when they're getting support from those black people that, that y'all say y'all want. You know, Charles, it, it takes a lot for a person like myself, regular citizen, to get down to the places, to make sure you guys are protected, even to push financial dollars y'all way, that's what you really need. But it takes a lot to do that. And in return, some of those officers, for whatever reason, start to think only as the blue. blue. And what was my point in, in keeping them protected and making sure I was down at these meetings? Wow. Creating wow. stuff. Now, to answer to answer a question, but the, in the military, we're held to a higher standard. Hell no, you're not. 
No, you're not, because you're held under the same goddamn constitution as everybody else. You may get more jail time for doing something stupid like King and Mary when you want to rob drug dealers and sell and have your own drug dealers on the street and sell drugs. Yeah, the courts gave them 400 years apiece. You're going to get you're going to be held to that standard. See, I don't I'm not just supportive of blue. I'm supportive of my people, because guess what? If you could be a proud Irish American, proud Mexican-American, proud Hispanic officer, proud Asian officer. Why can't I be a proud black officer? Do I see stupidity and injustice? Yes, I will see stupidity and injustice. You have just as many black officers who are outraged about this shit as civilians, probably even more so. There are so many police officers who actually had more care in their heart for situations than the goddamn parents do for their kids. There's times that, you you know, we go through this shit and it's like, look, if that guy's being an asshole and he needs to be arrested, arrest him, get him to jail, that's it. If you got to use force, use the sufficient force needed. Between okay, so you, you said something about the police uh, and the military being pretty much the same. That's not true. In the military, you better, there is no gray. And you there's, mentioned that there, you said as a police officer, there's many things that could come into play and there's a lot of gray areas and you could do this and you don't have to do this. In the military, everything is written the way it's supposed to happen. If it don't happen that way, even somebody's in, the military, in trouble. Even in the military, right? They're given leeway to a certain That's extent, just like this, just like in the military. There's a certain extent. Just like if you don't do, like tickets, tickets are discretionary. That's one of the few things you can, you have the discretion to do. If there's somebody reporting something, yes, you have to show up to that call. You can't omit that call unless you're on something that takes higher precedence. Like if somebody wants to report of their house being burglarized, but then you have a shooting come out, guess which call you're going to go to? So yes. Apples and oranges, but, but, but in the military, I didn't contradict the damn thing because guess what? What are you going to be charged by the Constitution? The only difference oh. is the CUCMJ. Let me let me put it to you this way: Are you still held to the Constitution? Yes no, or no? No, no, no yes, you are. People, police officers are taking the rights away from. People. And guess what? And there's plenty of police officers who are getting their rights and their powers and authority taken away from them. So, yes, you're held to, I don't know what this higher standard is, because let's say you got people who are going to jail as police officers for crimes normal civilians don't get. I've seen police officers go to jail for two, three months for second degree assault. And all you get in what Baltimore City is a PBJ for that. Let me let me get off. I, I just want to say this last thing. Thank you, Charles, for sitting in a hot seat, man. I know you don't represent all the officers, but no, that's not even a hot seat. I got a slurpee and a more shit. But I got <laughs> but I appreciate the love and the support. But you know, and I I'm glad that people have an open mind. Most times, people want to take all their frustrations out on you as part of the job. Yeah. Sometimes, let, let, sometimes you give it back. But go ahead. Let me just say to everybody, though, uh, please don't forget half of these issues are the fact that, like Charles says, there are new laws and new bills being written in your state all the time. And you can hide in the sand and hope that people treat you fairly. But you got to understand 
Many of these councils uh, were once small little clubhouses, and they've built mansions on writing y'all tickets. They've built jail infrastructures on on uh, 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 harassing you guys for a profit. And a lot of these issues is the fact, like 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 I said earlier, even though Jessica's point was good. I couldn't just be nice and not be harassed and 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 blah blah blah. And then it does have a mental effect on you. When I got my lawyer and I was able to start lawyer on deck, not just hope I get a lawyer, actually got a lawyer on retainer, and I pass out my card. Most officers disengage when they pull me over because they know it's going to be a long day. So I just tell everybody: make sure you know these laws. Get when when they when they got a, a voting happen for the judges in your area. Make sure you look fully at the background of these people, where they went to college, what their stance was, what uh, uh, groups are they volunteering for? Because these people, many a times, are going to be the same people who's who's going to do you in help you when the time comes around. So I just wanted to say that. Have a good one, y'all. Have a good night. Right, take care. Take care. Well, I like uh, I like to answer Leo Masters real quick. Look, number one, yeah, you're getting charged. A lot of people getting charged for shit in the police departments, especially in the last fucking ten years. People are getting people are going to jail for what civilians don't even get jail time for. Yeah, you get into a shooting. Yes, you have to investigate the shooting. You have to investigate all shootings. And guess what else? They're going to have another agency come around there and nobody's going to fucking cover up shit for you because nobody's trying to lose their fucking job. Oh, he did it or he didn't do it. Was it but that's not true, job? though. Uh, we know that's not true based oh, on what just happened in Georgia, right? Oh, they shit. killed that young man and there was a lot of people covering up for him. And now they are about they're to trying, go to jail. They're trying to, they're trying to cover up because they're facing pressure. But they look at it and they see the thing. They can't cover it up because it's already out. Just like Amber Geiger, she tried to cover up her shit, right? Right. Yeah, that she's going to jail. So we boy. had people. We had people who who was on a fucking on a fucking task force in the Baltimore the police department, and we had people who were doing years before that. We had a tow truck scandal. Those people <laughs> to jail, not even a shooting, just for stupid shit, fucking overtime fraud, went to jail. But they, but my, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it sure. depends though, because when you look at the George Floyd case, the, the Chinese officer, um, he'd knocked somebody's teeth out a couple of years before and had to pay out like a $25,000 settlement. That, that, that's actual, what I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the actual officer who, who had his knee on his neck, um, had like multiple incidents in his record. He'd shot a guy under dodgy circumstances before. Like, there's a, there, police officers are doing a lot of things and it gets covered now, up. And that's why now, you, that's gotta, you, gotta, you gotta understand something from a lot of things. People will say you sued. Somebody tried to sue me for police brutality. And I'm looking at him like, police brutality, really? But multiple and this cases, is this is a lady. This multiple is, cases. He's still in the force. And you got to understand what are the cases and what are the circumstances? Nobody's come out with them. I mean, like I said earlier today, if you looked at some of the shit I've been in, people would say, oh, that's police brutality. 
Mm, but you got to go through the whole investigation of it. Now, if I broke a guy's arm, first thing you'll say, oh, that's police brutality. Right? Right? But, yeah, a lot of folks would. But guess what? If he's grabbing my gun, what, what happens? People would that in, in, in that scenario. Yeah, that, is, that is so convenient. No, yeah. that's not convenient. No, so no convenient. I'm talking about literally. I'm talking about literally. Like man. literally. No, because guess I, what? It, if you're telling me, if you're telling me, one, if a guy's running away from a cop and the cop shoots, guess what? That cop just committed murder. If the guy's in a fight and the guy's grabbing your gun, which does happen, does it happen all the time? No. How but it does happen. Prison because how many how many people are in prison falsely because a cop said, "Hey, he grabbed my gun, so therefore, you know, I had to do this, that, and the other to him." But there was nobody around with videotape to to catch it. So you're telling me that what about the times the people who do? Do the people who do deserve to be in prison? Yeah, this is the thing though, Charles, that I was getting onto. If if the police pay out twenty five thousand dollars to a guy who sues them, that means police are admitting, um, you know, fault for what happened. Not, they're admitting not. liability. Otherwise, they wouldn't have paid him out. So they're not. admitting that their officer was at fault. Yet their let officer, me, me. despite knocking somebody's teeth out and being um, just overly aggressive with them, he's still working. Let me let me put it to you this way, right? This is how departments and city councils and the mayor's office work. A lot of these people will do payouts to make shit go away quick. Regardless of the, before they do an investigation, before they even talk to both parties. And they just don't want it to be big news. Are there uh, times when it's legitimate? Yes. Are there times when it's not legitimate? I'm like, why would the city pay out money if the guy was lying? Because they want the story to go away. But surely if the officer's done nothing yeah, wrong, then they wouldn't care if the story is out there. there. There are times, a lot of them, the stories have been wrong. So it's like, look, if you're going to, if you're going to put, if you're going to pay people out, which have city councils and governments have done, just to make the story go away, they don't give a damn. They'll do it before the court. The court even comes to the comes to light. What's well, that happen? You see, all it's that logic right there, and 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 I mean, it's, it's not logic. It's just okay. what happens. All right. all right, let me. I just I in, from 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 what I see from where I see it, it's that logic that allows for a lot of crooked office to remain on the force. A mm -hmm. whole bunch of bad apples are riding in the cars with other officers. That are allowed to because I feel for that type of thinking right there. And what type oh, of thinking oh, is yeah. that? Because that you, you gave credit to police officers. More I didn't than give you credit. I didn't give credit to anybody. Well, My you, thing is, no, I didn't excuse shit. Number one, I'm like, look, investigate the motherfucker. If there's an a proper investigation that goes through. But they let's never see where the evidence. They let's see where the evidence go. Because people are still on the force. If let's this see man, the evidence if this go. man in Minneapolis had been taken off the force years ago, this uh, this man he would he would have still been yeah. alive. And what what was he like? Here's here's the charges. What were the charges for him? 
You could go look it up. You know, some of these cops have been one, fired one, in one, other one, one shooting he was involved with is still questionable where where a uh, a, a man died. He had shot the, I believe shot the shot the man in the head. Well, well, let me say this real quick because I, I don't want to stay on too long. I want to go ahead and dip out. You know, true. When it comes down to it, you got to judge officer on an officer by officer case. And if you pay attention to what's going on, how they engage with a person usually is going to let you know what's going on. I've been pulled over. I live in Chicago, so I haven't been pulled over without doing I, anything. I live in Chicago too, on the South Side. You know, yeah, so I, I come from the South Side, so you know, it, that has been happening to me since I was like 15, 16 years old. You know what I'm saying I don't have people to put guns in my face and all that, telling me you got the car and all that. As a person, my advice to you, especially if you're black, you know what I'm saying, don't give any information unless you have to give information. Period. If you ain't doing nothing wrong, don't volunteer anything. Establish why you got pulled over in the first place or why a cop is even talking to you in the first place. They, at the end of the day, they're still your employees, so make sure they're doing their actual job. If if they got a reason, you might as well cooperate at the time because trying to not cooperate. Is not going to be what's best for you. But if they don't have a reason, then don't give them no information. At the end of the day, if you can't establish why we're having this conversation, I ain't giving you nothing. That's, that's just what I'm going to do. You know, and uh, yes, the, uh, there are bad police. Are they the majority? Probably not. The issue is that you have too many people on the force that don't really want to come down on the people that's bad. So they exactly. make the image bad. Because at the end of the day, like with the George Floyd situation, you got four criminals. At the end of the day, yes, you got a guy that murdered somebody, and you had three other people protect him while he murdered somebody. That's what they literally did. Exactly. Yes, they were they were police officers, but they did protect a man while he murdered someone else. So if you if you're being reasonable, you you charge one with murder, you charge the other three with murder or an accomplice to murder. Because if you are a normal citizen doing the same thing, that's what happens. You know, if, if I pull up at somebody's home, I drop them off, they go inside the house, kill somebody, I don't even got to know about it. If he jump back in my car and I pull off, an investigation happens and they find out I was I, I drove him there and I picked him up and took him home, I'm an accomplice to murder, period. So my thing right. is, people got to understand that once a police officer commits a crime, they're just a criminal at that point. A lot of us, we just, we because they are, we already got this thing about us that because he's in blue, we're not going to say nothing. We're not going to do nothing. And it is a risky situation. So you can't just tell people to do it. Because if you engage an officer that you see doing wrong to protect another citizen that they're abusing, you will have a whole lot of problems trying to defend yourself nine times out of ten. Now, the fact that we got camera phones out here does make the situation better. You know, uh, I do encourage black people to join the police force because we need more people on our side when stuff is actually happening. But as a black man, my policy is stay as far away from police as possible. Absolutely. And I didn't grew up around I didn't grew up around uh different police officers and I got uh, police officers in the family. You know what I'm saying? I know multiple police officers. But just because of how things go and how there there are gonna be people that's protected because that's just reality. That don't make every officer bad, but I know getting him to go down for something he did wrong becomes a lot harder. So my thing is as a black man, you need to start being smart about what do you know about the law. Because it's actually necessary. Because I didn't, think, I didn't ended up getting getting uh, arrested for something. And honestly, all I literally did, I was talking to a guy. Because I got off a train. We were talking about sports. And because this guy was wanted for robbery. And somebody saw him. And they got police to come down and get him. But because we were talking to each other, I ended up getting arrested. I didn't even know this guy. 
You know what I'm saying? And the officer told me what it was because when I told dude to come, because he started getting excited, he knew what was going on. I don't. So I'm telling him, man, dude, be cool. What, 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 why are you getting loud with people and causing a scene? And they ain't even done nothing. They just got out of a car. It was like nine or ten of them, you know. But then I heard a guy saying, yeah, that's him. He robbed us. So I said, oh, okay, you know what's going on. This ain't got nothing to do with me. So I tried to walk away. An officer stopped me from walking away. He literally came down the street after me. I ended up getting arrested. They gave me a bogus charge, sent me to a bogus court. Uh, I, I wasn't able to get a, 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 a defender, to uh, you know, a public defender. You know, so they basically screwed me over, and I ended up pleading guilty to a, uh, like, a, 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 what you call it, the bad conduct law, disorderly conduct. I ended up pleading that because I was young. Yeah, I pleaded guilty that because I was young. I didn't know how to defend myself. You know what I'm saying? There was only so much knowledge I had at that particular time. So I just learned more stuff. So now when I when police engage me, I know how to keep them out of my business to a certain degree. And I, I'm never disrespectful to them. If if if, uh, if if I've done if I've done the crime, because my thing is you got to look at realistic at what's going on. If I did something wrong. You know, maybe I got caught speed. Maybe I blew a stop sign or something like that. The first thing I'm going to do is, yes, sir. No, sir. I'm trying to keep it as little as possible. I'm trying to let this man give me a warning so I can go away and don't have to pay no money. That's really what I'm trying to do. So I'm going to be as respectful as possible. Now, right. if they just stopping me and, and bothering me because I've done nothing wrong, I know my car is good. I always make sure my car is in good shape. I make sure the taillights never out. You know what I'm saying? The fender, whatever, whatever. I try to get anything fixed immediately so I don't even have to deal with that type of stuff. So if they just pulling me over at random, I ain't telling you nothing. You need to establish everything of why you're talking to me. What is the actual crime that you're investigating? And if you can't give me a crime, I can't even tell you who I am. That's just the way it works for me. And that's my advice to black folks. And I honestly, at this point, don't even recommend black folks calling the police until you really need something done. Because if you're in a big city like mine, Absolutely once, not. Once you and, and, yeah, once you call yeah, them, they come my, and investigate you. Yeah, don't no, call no, the my, This is my view. This is my view. If when I call them, if if something is going on, if I call them, they're not going to be in time to save my life. Or if I was getting beat up, they're not going to stop me from getting beat up. If my property is getting taken, they're not going to get there before my property is done. So at the end of the day, there's no reason for me to talk to the police unless I got paperwork to get done for insurance purposes. So until I get to that point, I don't need to talk to a police officer. Am I against police? If you're doing your job, I'm cool with that. It's just when you overstep your bounds, I look at you as what you are. You're a criminal. That's all it is to it. And the other ones around them, they won't they won't do what they need to do when they got these guys doing criminal activity. Those are the ones I got a problem with. And that's why I say real talk, black people just shouldn't involve themselves around police officers unless there's someone who wants to join the force. Do what you got to do to join the force because it'd be great to have more of us on the force. But right now, it's a bad situation. Can I say something real quick? I want to say something because I don't know if we know this or maybe I'm wrong. But wasn't all three, there were four cops there, but three of them were sitting on that man. It wasn't just the one who was on his throat. One was sitting on his back. The other was sitting on his legs. There were three men who killed that man. Yeah, there were three. Right. From the other okay. camera angle, three, you can see that they were free. Yeah. Yeah, but three of them oh, was actually me, sitting on him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and let me say one, one more thing real quick. See, I've been robbed four times in my life. I live in Chicago. Twice I got robbed by niggas. Twice <laughs> I got robbed by police. 
You see what I'm saying? So I'm I'm 50 50 when it comes to getting robbed by niggas or police. You know what I'm saying? I I've literally been picked up, charged with no crime, taken to a station, had my belongings taken from me, including money. And then when they let me out with no charges, they give me everything but the money back. This happened to me a couple of times when I was younger. Didn't really know what to do about it at that particular point in time. And, you know, I, I, I remember the first time I said something to an officer when they let me. Matter of fact, I, I got picked up one time in the uniform of a, of a fast food joint I worked for at the time. And, uh, you know, I told the officer, I'm like, you know, I, I, I didn't get my money back. He like, Yo, your money is going to go on your I-bond. For those who don't know, an I-bond is free. And it was no actual I-bond because I didn't get charged or anything. There was no paperwork. They just called the manager of the place I worked, and he sent somebody down there to pick me up. And that's all it was to it because I didn't commit any crime. They never gave me. And I'm telling dude, I'm like, nah, bro, I need my money back. You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's going on your eyebond. And then the dude told me, like, basically, you need to shut up and leave while we're going to let you leave. Now, I just say, okay, that's real bogus. But at the end of the day, when they did pick me up, two officers was clearly about to beat me. It was two white officers that was going to beat me. Uh, uh, two other officers showed up in a different car. It was a white guy and a black guy. The black guy was insisting upon letting me take him down to the station. So he didn't stop me from being bothered or harassed. He didn't stop my money from being stolen, but I'm pretty sure he stopped me from taking a beat. Now, you got to measure amongst yourself was how good that situation was. For me, I still lost money out the deal, and I was working fast food, and I just got paid. I literally just got paid and cashed my check when this happened to me. So I was super salty at that particular point because I'm talking about I'm a kid working fast food. Yeah, there was some good in there because he did protect me from a beating. But you still stole my money. And these guys was like 35 and up. So I had not had a big problem with them just for the fact that you stole from a 17-year-old dude at 35 years old. I mean, it wasn't much. It was like maybe two, $240 or something like that at the time. But that's a bad look, period. You stole that type of money as a grown man living a life. You know, you probably married with kids, whatever the case. And you stole my little paycheck from a fast food joint. Yeah, that's a problem. See, so, you know, my see, thing is, police has got police got to do something about the end. Um, see, and, and, and go ahead, brother. No, see, for me, no, just like that, uh, those four officers, uh, uh, in Minneapolis and and basically all over the country, uh, and and in your situation, uh, uh Roger, the environment that uh, that the environment of the profession that allows for them to feel that comfortable to be able to do that to feel that comfortable to watch your colleague, your partner, with his neck on, on a human being, with his knee on a human being's neck, and watch the life go out of him, and you sit back and protect his ability to do so. The environment that gives the, that, that gives the, that makes him feel comfortable to be able to do that, that's bothersome. And for yeah. me, when I, when I ask about, well, where are the good, all these, where are the good officers at that, every, that a lot of people uh, speak about the world, not all officers are bad, but when you hear about cases like this and when you see stuff like this, you can't help but, well, you can't help but think if there are good officers, they have to be far, few and far in between. That's and not true. Good, and the ones that are good are not speaking up enough or enough of them are not speaking up to affect any type of change. This is, this is the change that's been affected, right? Well, Charles, can I make one quick statement about you? Uh, not yet. Mm, hold up. Go ahead. I'm going to let Charles... No, I was going to say... Now. And then we're going to get ready to wrap up because we've been on for over three hours now. 
Okay. Well, all I was going to say that based on what I've seen from Charles Parker, because I haven't seen him on different channels, now I can say this about him. He seems to be a very fair individual, and his loyalty is not to a particular person. It seems to be to the law. He just goes down, what does the law say? This is what it is. If we had more people like that, I don't think we had so many issues in the first place. And I agree. With so he I, always I seen him too. I've seen him on other channels, too. So I agree with okay. that. Because I'm going to tell you right, this. Y'all have a good night. A lot of, you have a good one. Thank you, Roger. Good night, do you Roger. Have, do, you have, do you have the small amount to make everybody look bad? Yes. I say the same thing about humanity overall. It's 2 to 3%. Could two to three percent drag up drag a lot of people? Yeah. Look at how black people are looked upon. Like white people don't have criminals. Asian people don't have criminals. Y'all got fucking triads and organized crime. Like, goddamn. Y'all got like fucking all kinds of mafia just with the Asian family alone. Motherfucking glorify the fucking Italian mafia. But if a black person even fucking steal a piece of gum, you on his ass. So, the the answer to the thing about the good cops. See, one thing about a good cop, a pro, or for sure for professional, when you're a pro, you don't go for looking for, like, the red badge of courage. You don't look for little medals. Look, take this rookie or whoever's doing some fuck shit, even if they're a senior person. Not supposed to do that. Clean that shit up. That's it. That's all. Because a lot of us do speak up. Now, when you have major incidents like that, a lot of cops are going to denounce shit like that. Plenty of them. I, like I've said, I've been in knockdown, drag out fights. I've been in fights where people had limbs broken. But they're justified. Look, I would never even hit the guy if he just turned around and complied. But he wanted to fight. And he wanted to resist. And you wanted to grab my shit, my knife and shit. Yes. No, I'm not going to let you touch it. Whether no. people have a certain feeling about that. Yes. I got to protect and serve too. And part of the protection is my life. Because that month no. I get to hold of my gun, 80% chance I'm killed. And then everybody around me is at jeopardy. So do you have assholes? Yes. The 2 to 3%. So when you have a good cop, the good cop actually keeps the other cops in check. Yo, we'll have stings from our internal affairs who leave money in cars. And here's a little funny thing. We'll have the whole damn money in the car with the hand still out of the car. I did not put this shit with the body cam on. I did not put this in my pocket and submit the money. Nobody's fucking putting no pocket money of any goddamn drug dealer around me. Yo. Go submit that shit now. Because good officers keep other officers in check. A lot of these incidents probably will be more prevalent if you didn't have good officers keeping them motherfuckers in check. Now, what should one of those officers done? Drag that motherfucker off of that guy and say, go to your fucking car, you dumbass. You just got fired. You're going to get us all fired. Sit the man up, even if you got to sit him against the car, sit him up, call for a medic. Play the fucking game and be a pro. Is it worth your is it worth your career? Is it worth your fucking life? No. 
It's like, probably not. You know how I do, mama. Mama, you know how I do, mama. Sure. I was like, somebody need to be muted. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're going to have final thoughts. Um, we'll start with Jessica X. What do you have? Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Final thoughts. Um, obviously, there's there's corruption within the police force. Recent events have just highlighted that. Um, my my thing is, we need to get more people into the police force and into politics to actually fight for our cause. The more people that we have in politics and the police force, the less they can get away with doing what they're doing. You literally need people inside the police to be able to police the police. That's where we're at now. Um, I'd say for people out there, try and have as little interaction with the police as possible. Keep it simple, keep it brief, because we know that they don't always have your best intentions. And so it's better to not play into what they want and keep keep your liberty, maybe even your life. So that's my final thoughts. And thank you for having me on. And, also, and I love you. her and I love her accent because no matter I I wish I could get a really good British accent because when I say You I said, I was saying, I love her accent because, you know, I wish I could get a, get away with a great British accent. I could say the ABCs and sound like I just said, sound like I was speaking quantum physics. I love it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Right, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Perfect blackness. What do you think? Um, I, I, I know, uh, you know, because I've, I've listen to uh, uh officer faulkner on the on other channel so I, I i really do take him to be a um a stand-up officer and then i i i really wish that more officers uh were uh on the force like him and uh i i know i know it's 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 no less than three people that i'm close to that are are uh officers that uh that i coach with and mentor with and all so i know not all of them like that but they've told me some things that were very disturbing about the force and that's the reason why I say I speak to more so the culture of policing itself that is what needs to change. Because, yeah, the few of them that could, uh, you know, uh, uh, report the bad ones, to me, it's the environment and the culture of policing within the country itself that needs to change. And I, I don't think that the culture of policing hasn't changed since the 40s, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, the personnel has changed. A few uh, uh, policies have changed. But still the culture itself needs to change. I mean, it's, it's, it is almost as if uh, American, the, uh, the police, the, the law enforcement, they almost work outside of uh, what, the, what, you know, what the law is. Yeah, they're in the forces of the law, mm -hmm. but it's almost like that they're not a part of what the, the law is not written for them. So therefore, they can do whatever they want to do, and uh, they basically have carte blanche to basically do, you know, kill people and 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 all manner of excuses are going to be officially made for them. So again, that's not that's not Officer Faulkner's fault. Um, but again, I, I speak more so to the culture of policing, and that is, that that has made a black American, in particular, black men, targets. And for me, that's a problem. And I don't think one or two good officers could actually solve that. Now, and I'll, I'll say this now and I'll shut up. 
uh, I do believe that there are not, and yeah, based on what I was told by officers themselves, that uh, they know who the who the bad ones are, but not a, not enough of them really speak up because a lot of officers are really afraid of losing what you know of losing things and being uh, being uh, internally targeted themselves. So that's mm. another. Thing. That's another reason why I mean by when I say the culture of policing needs to change because it's not just outwardly to the people, but it's inward within themselves. It needs to change. And that's what all I got, sister. Thank you so much, Perfect Blackness. Um, Thank you. What do you have? Well, I agree with Perfect Blackness. Um, and I also agree with uh, who was that before when he mentioned about Charles. Charles, I've always respected Charles. Oh, even, yeah, even when even when we might disagree on the male versus female kind of thing, you know, we disagree some on that. But I've always respected him and his job, and I do think that he is all about the law. But what the young man just said about that blue line—that's what they used to call it—the blue wall of justice, where all the cops. They supported each other, even when they saw an injustice done by the cops. And there are cops who've been fired in the last couple of years who tried to stand up and say, hey, what that cop is doing is bad. For mm -hmm. They've gotten fired. And we know this because of the Internet. These people have come out. <laughs> you know? um, but if there was cops like George, uh, I'm sorry, like Charles, who were just being fair. I think most of us will be able to deal with cops, but I say stay away from them. Don't call them unless you really truly need them because black people, you know, you call the cops, they end up checking you out before you, they even hear anything you have to say. They want to know your name or what's your social security number? Or what is your address? And before you even tell them where well, I was just raped, sir, they checking you out to make sure because if they can take you to jail too, they going to. Okay, uh, so like that young woman said earlier, she said, just give them your information. I'm going to say, don't give them your information unless the laws say you have to give them your information. And uh, the law doesn't say that because we all have the right to remain what? Silent. Even though if a cop arrest you, if a cop arrest you on a warrant after being raped, that's a terrible ass cop. <laughs> That is such bad taste. That is actually bad taste if a cop actually arrests a woman who was just raped. On the, that is bad taste. Ah, so, so I guess I'm that was exaggerating, baby. Yeah, okay. I hope so because I'm like, I'm like, what? In, what in assholery would do that shit? God yeah, damn. Pretty try. Yeah, I was exaggerating. That's, that's pretty. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Have Bye, Charles. Bye. Charles. We really, really, really appreciate you. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope hopefully I actually answered everybody's question with with valid points, even though you people might not down. agree. For real. This is really this is um one of our best interviews. Yeah. And Thank I'm you. I'm in I'm a little too informative sometimes. I appreciate it, ladies. It's always good to be surrounded by beautiful ladies to tell you. But <laughs> I say you. this. What are your final thoughts? I'm one. Let's all have prayers to the creator because I'm on the sergeant's list. So hopefully I get promoted within later this year or the beginning of next. Yes, hopefully. <sighs> climb the ranks, climb the ranks. One, 
I believe we need more interactions with the police. You got to know the people who you're dealing with in your area. You got to build a rapport. You need to go to those goddamn meetings. You need to go to the city council meetings. You need to promote more young black men going to this department. You need to groom them into there from your neighborhoods. Because if you don't have more representation of people like you, if you're not a part of the solution, you're going to be part of the problem. You're telling people, like he said, it's a culture of police. The culture of police has changed a lot. Trust me, a lot. Significantly a lot. Uh, I don't know if you can still hear me. No, I was saying the culture of police changed a lot, significantly, even in the 13 years I've been there. Just like the culture of the military has changed a lot. And I got out in 2009. So what we need... We need actually to get more initiatives, just like shout out to Cerulean Gray and myself to the Gray Faulkner Initiative to support more young black men to get into police, military, change the culture, go within the system that we don't even have to infiltrate the system because this is our country and we go into the system and we take it over and we change the police, the culture of policing for everyone. Have a good night and woo! Thank you. Thank you so much, Officer Faulkner. We really, really appreciate you. Enjoy your evening. I'm definitely going to say a prayer for you. And I hope you feel, uh, I hope you continue to um, heal. Yes. And, um... Uh, and I'll just say my quick final thoughts. Um, this was a definitely a good discussion. Um, I really appreciate him just, you know, um, taking all the questions that he did and um, you know, he was able to, he held his own. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, unfortunately our other guests wasn't able to make it, but it was still a dope interview. Um, I just want to say that, um, the climate is so tense right now that it is absolutely insane. I never thought that I would see something like this in my lifetime. Um, but I do believe that it's going to be revolutionary. Um, I don't agree with all the acts that people are committing, but I do think that we need to do more than just peacefully march and protest that, um, that this incident was the catalyst for something more. Um, and, you know, although, um, George Floyd was the catalyst, this is for, you know, all of our fallen brothers, all of them, um, who've been brutalized and who've been, you know, killed in the street by the police and sisters as well, you know, Sandra Bland and, um, Brianna and, you know, um, all, everybody who has been, um, killed and or brutalized and there was no justice, um, in those situations. And I just want to say personally, I do think that we need to minimize our interactions with the police. Um, I do think that, you know, we need to ensure that we're on our P's and Q's, that we have, you know, all of our paperwork in order so that we're not giving them reasons to pull us over, that we not, we don't have additional, we're not giving them, um, that we are not providing, uh, reasons to have encounters with these officers. In addition, um, don't give away your rights. They, they bank on us giving away our rights. We do that so frequently. Um, and the more that we give away our rights and our freedoms, the less they think that we need. Um, a lot of law enforcement is built upon us giving up our rights, simply saying, uh, you know, simply complying when, um, you know, it, 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 we're within our rights to say no. 
So, you know, I would never advocate for that. I believe that we need to be strong warriors and advocate for ourselves. And I think that we're doing a, a disservice to our ancestors by simply, um, you know, giving away, giving up rights that, that you know, we have uh, without cause. So, you know, if you are in the wrong and they have a valid reason to ask you for information, of course you do that. But minimize your interaction as well as your conversation with them. When they pull you over and they're trying to make casual conversation, I don't recommend doing that because... Um, um, like they say, everything you say can and will be used against you in court. And a lot of times they're just trying to pump you for information. So keep it professional, give them what they need and be on your way. Um, but I think that's all. I know I'm rambling at this point, but like I said, it was a dope interview. Thank you all for stopping by and thanks to everybody for the super chats. Shout out to Bomb Cherry for our cash app. We really appreciate you, Bomb. Thank you, Bomb. Um Shout out to everybody that came through with all the super chats with the cash apps. Um, thank you to our panelists and especially to Officer Charles. Um, this was a really, really good discussion. Um, you know, you kind of hate when there's mess and people show up for that, but this was one of the one of the better discussions that I think we've had on this channel. Yeah, and Charles for being such a great guest. Um, shout out to Edward Bailey for the super chat. No mercy to our enemy. Thanks, Edward. Thank you so much. But thank you to everybody that showed up. We will see you guys on Sunday with another dope ass topic. You guys have a good night. Be safe and we are out. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you.